This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. I don't know. What's wrong with me? Come back, bitch and jerk. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. We are back. We're continuing our our our, our journey through season six. Chris, mm. how are you today? I'm What's feeling going on with Chris. I'm feeling real goth today. I'm real prepared for this episode, mm. and um, just overall uh, a great feeling today. How are you, Jeremy? How, how did you prepare your gothness? I'm very curious about the uh, like the, the the preparation. Like, what, walk me through. Walk you through you the- getting ready. You're getting goth ready in the morning. Okay, so first of all, getting goth ready. I put on a black T-shirt, preferably Ste- step one with a goth with an emblem from a goth band. Um, however, if it's plain black, that's also very cool. That's also also very goth. And then, is it oh, a goth band that I would recognize, or is it a goth band that I would not? recognize? You probably have never heard of them, so I wouldn't really get too worked <laughs> up about it. Um, just you know, they're probably, big enough to have T-shirts, but not big enough to be known. You'll look at the, you look at it, you'll probably think like, oh, it's just like some satanic stuff, and I'm like, you're just like a, like mm-hmm. a normie, and you don't get it. Oh god, like preps always think it's satanic. Mm-hmm. So then, mm-hmm. so I'll put that T-shirt on, and then I'll put on a black turtleneck over it. Um, so that you won't even be able to see my black band tee. That's just more for me, for my inner goth. So, like, I know that I'm representing them. It doesn't really necessarily matter that you know I am. Uh, and then over that, just any sort of black jacket or cloak, anything with a very high collar that I can have risen up nearly mm-hmm. to my ears. Um, Got to protect then, your neck is what yeah. I'm hearing. And then I'm pretty much ready to go out the door, um, just 45 minutes on makeup, and I'm good to go. Okay, 45 minutes on makeup. <laughs> See, this is this is really different because I subscribe to the philosophy of goths uh, not giving a shit about anything. Oh, all natural so, goth. Yeah, yeah. So I just I got I've got some shitty blue jeans that I probably should have thrown away two years ago. Yeah. But I so I, I put those on. I've got a real chunky belt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of a, just, just a super chunky belt. So you're, you're more Martins. of like a you're more of like a dust goth. You're just yeah, sort of- yeah, yeah. I'm Western goth <laughs> exactly. Once I put my duster, my black duster on, and my yep. um and my. But I still spend forty five minutes on makeup. I think that's I think that's accurate to say. So I'm I'm into that. Uh, I'm with Excellent. you on that one. Excellent. If Jesus you guys man. have listened to us this far, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what ex- brought. On, I know exactly what brought on this extended goth bit. We're going to be talking about some goths in this week's episodes that we're covering on Monster of the Week. And I'm really excited about it. Before we get to that, though, um, let's talk about our Patreon for a minute. Are, are you into that? that? I, yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. And if you're interested in supporting us and helping us reach our next tier, you will be um, helping us get to be able to cover more supernatural content, comic books, the anime, uh, maybe special episodes here and there. We have already recorded one special episode that is exclusively on the Patreon about the Ghost Facers uh, web series. Uh, no, we're not making that up. It's a real thing that exists, and we covered it. <laughs> uh, so if you are interested in hearing more of that thing, um, or that kind of thing, you can, you can check out the Patreon. Um, if you want to talk to us, talk to other fans of Supernatural and the podcast, uh, you can join our Discord. Uh, there's, lots, there's lots of good stuff going on over the Patreon. There's lots of good stuff going on on the Patreon. Uh, We also thank some of our Patreon people at a certain level, so I just want to give a shout-out to Edward. Thank you, Edward, for your donation, and thank you for helping us continue this podcast and also make more stuff. Thank you, Edward. Uh, 
unfortunately, we can't just do a two and a half hour commercial, Chris. We actually have to do some content. Are you ready for some hashtag content? You have no idea how ready I am for the hashtag content. <laughs> ready for some hashtag goth hashtag content? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Our first episode that we're going to cover today is Live Free or Try Hard, written by Brett Matthews and directed by Ron Jeremy. Uh, this was <laughs> this was released on October 22nd, 2010. <laughs> Sorry, directed by Rod Hardy. That'll make sense in like two hours when you get to the outtakes, everybody. It'll be funny. (laughs) After a group of young girls go missing, Sam and Dean realize that a group of vampires have taken up residence in the small town. After a fight with two of the bloodsuckers, Dean is bitten and turns into a vampire. Samuel tells Dean he can can change him back, but he'd have to get the blood of the vampire who turned him. Dean infiltrates the nest and runs into the alpha. This is full of inaccurate information. I just feel... It's so I, spoilery. I think the synopses used to just be like, Sam and Dean go to a small town where a ghost is haunting a lake. <laughs> and it? we're like, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. What's going on? And now they're just like, yo, here's the whole episode in case you miss it. Uh, you don't have time to watch this week. <laughs> just read the synopsis and you're good. Do you remember um, season one, episode two, where the plot description was literally just the word Wendigo, and that was it? <laughs> like, there was no other words in the plot description? I mean, you just knew what was going to happen, but you didn't know what was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You right. knew there was going to be a Wendigo, but you didn't know why or how mm. or when or any of those other questions that people Just ask. Wendigo. Oh, oh <laughs> Halcyon days. <laughs> Wendigo, how to go, <laughs> where to go. Sorry, this is a really bad pun. Get me out of this, Chris. Talk about uh, this episode. So, let's kick into... I didn't do a road so far, but guess what, everybody? Uh, Sam's back from hell. Nobody knows why. He's yep. been acting real strange. Mm-hmm. Dean has been real worried about Sam and his strange behavior, while also trying to wrestle with the fact that his you know his brother's back from the dead after a year, and he has to kind of leave his his family that he's established in the meantime behind. And he's, he's torn between two worlds a little bit, and uh, Lisa, his his girlfriend, I guess, I don't think they're married, is um, th- supernaturally cool. I think that's the most supernatural thing about this whole show. That's what he should be looking into is, why is this chick so cool? What's going on? None of this Shockingly makes sense. Shockingly cool. No person mean. should be this, like, just cool with everything, because I'm, like, a terrible boyfriend. But anyway... Um, Jessica, do you remember in episode one where Jessica met Dean and then immediately burned on the ceiling right afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that is the normal reaction to learning about these these boys' lives. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is a, a standard everyday reaction. So this episode starts uh, with a a young woman in a very obvious goth club. Chris, mm-hmm. I, I I never grew up goth. I didn't have, like, goth friends or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, goth was one of these things that was kind of alien to me in North Louisiana. Sure. And the idea of, like, this being, like, OTG, you know what I'm saying, once you're goth, is very yep, strange yep, yep. to me. Like, this this is all just, like, brightly colored hair and, um, like, crazy leather, like, pleather stuff and a lot of piercings, a lot of, like, spiked necklaces. Like, this doesn't mm-hmm. seem OTG to me at all. <laughs> yeah, this is um this was not my experience with goth. It was always just like the weirder old kids who wore all black and smoked cigarettes in high school. That was like yeah, my <laughs> that was it. Like yeah. I listened to like sad music. That was the OTG for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but here you it's can just say the like, words OTG. It's okay. Tell me okay, about it. Okay, so this is not full of OTGs, this is full of vampire goths. It's kinda like Anne Rice New Wave goth fans who are well, they're not into New Wave. I mean they might be in a new wave. I don't know. They're still into goth. It's, uh, it's like a it's like a bunch of Anne Rice fans found SoundCloud. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what happened. Like a bunch of Anne Rice fans just heard Evanescence for the first time. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but this girl shows up, and she's a relatively plain-looking girl. And I say plain because she's very much supposed to look like Kristen Stewart's character from uh, Twilight. And mm. she shows up with an obviously fake ID. I think that there's, like, an Asian woman on her ID, and the, the girl is not Asian. Uh, but they're just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine, you can hang out here. Um, and she's just wandering around looking like a vulnerable sheep. Uh, and she bumps into this Edward Twilight knockoff fella um, who is just, like, super awkward and is like, oh, you came. I didn't know if you would. Uh, and then at some point, he literally starts quoting the movie or the book Twilight. Uh, he just just goes for it. Um, but I'm curious, they, because I, I did some research on this, and I didn't see uh-huh. that like reference anywhere. How do you... How do you know that they were quote, literally quoting the book or the movie, because, which is a weird way to say that? Jess, Jess and I watched the movie uh-huh. a couple months ago, and then mm-hmm. ever since then, we've been quoting that movie back and forth to each other. Because the dialogue is so just like, say it out loud. I'm a vampire. Like, it's so just, it is, it's that. It's so melodramatic and heavy. And this, this guy, he seems like he's just doing the actual quotes from that movie. But basically, it's this weird kind of predatory twilight knockoff thing where this girl is meeting this older dude at a bar and he's pretending that he's a vampire we don't you know she's kind of into it she's like oh i want to help you i'm not afraid of you all this stuff but then he literally he leads her outside and she's attacked by actual vampires he's an actual vampire i like the 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 um I don't know, the, the, the red herring here, that makes it seem like he is just a dude pretending to be um, mm-hmm. some Twilight mm-hmm. knockoff. And even having seen this episode before, I was like, yeah, he's just pretending to be that, and then there's going to be a real vampire, right? But no, he is he's a vampire, and this girl gets attacked, and that's, uh, that's our cold open. Following the tradition of Jeremy reading way too much into the Supernatural script, I was really... Because it's been a long time since I've seen season six, apparently, because I barely remember anything that happens. But I was really expecting her to be the vampire and to be conning this like little oh, poor yeah. fucker into thinking yeah. that he was going to bang some seventeen-year-old strange and like getting bit instead. Uh, th- did not happen. Uh, did not happen. And, and yeah. You- you were absolutely right. This is extremely over the top, and I was I was kind of concerned about this episode watching it uh, th- th- earlier earlier today because it was just so hammy and so bad. I'm very glad that like they're obviously doing this this Twilight parody thing, like they're obviously ripping on it a little bit. But uh-huh. the rest of this episode is going to some dark ass places, and I'm yeah. glad that they they reverse course or that they like take us down this journey because if it would have just been like making fun of twilight for mm-hmm. 40 minutes, I may not have been so into it, but it, yeah. it, 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 I am into this episode a little bit. They do it like three or four times throughout the episode. And when they go to the girl's bedroom later and they see, you know, all of her like vampire merch or whatever. Um, but that would have been unfortunate if it was all 40 minutes of the episode because Twilight was huge when it came out and for like a couple of years and that just like dropped off. I don't think that people are into that anymore. It's just one of those, it was a huge phenomenon amongst teenagers and I was in high school at the time that it came out. So I was around it all the time, but that like, that just went away. I don't think people really talk about Twilight anymore. So this would have been a, an extremely dated episode if they weren't able to like really go down some interesting paths with it. So just to, start things off um dean is on the phone with lisa um mm-hmm. and sam comes up and he's like hey we got a case there's been some teens disappearing let's go check it out because as we know uh sam has basically just been at this point of constant working he's always going from one job to another now like you know restlessly yeah and then a, a seventh chick goes goes missing so mm-hmm. that they're 
they've they've seen six of these chicks go missing. A seventh goes missing, um, which is the first time that they've like seen it happen, like while they were there. So they go to investigate this. And Chris, you mentioned this earlier when they go into this chick's bedroom after you know conning the dad into thinking that they're an official, mm-hmm. they're an official capacity. It's full of all of this Twilight memorabilia. We're going to keep saying Twilight, like it's something like the Summoner of the Night or something, or the posters on the wall. But it's it's definitely Twilight. They make references to like Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner or whatever. Um, I think there's a weird exchange where Dean asks like. Well, Sam is trying to hack into this girl's laptop to like find out some like info about her, so they can figure out you know maybe where she went missing or what she was up to beforehand. Uh, they're trying to guess passwords, and um, Dean offers like, "Why don't you try Lautner?" And Sam is like, "What? Isn't he a werewolf? And how do you know that anyway?" <laughs> like it's just this weird back and forth where you're like, Sam and Dean like know a considerable amount of info about Twilight. Uh, and then well, Dean we, we just talked about we've talked about this before that Dean gets like most of his cultural knowledge from like shitty hotel TV, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like I'm sure that if there's nothing else on, like you'll definitely watch some shit about some shitty vampires. Like even mm-hmm. if you hate it, you'll just hate watch it. Especially because throughout this episode and just like throughout the rest of season six, Dean is half drunk through everything that he's yeah. doing. <laughs> it gets especially bad in this episode, but like he's basically drinking all the time. And I don't know if you know this, Chris, but drinking by yourself and watching shitty movies—that's a time. I'm not saying it's a good time. I'm just saying it's, it's a time. time. It's a time. <laughs> it's um, a time to spend. <laughs> so after, you know, Dean has a lot of quips, like, these aren't vampires, these are douchebags. He, um, they're able to, to hack into this into this girl's computer. Sam, I think, says, like, he's like, how many T's are in Pattinson? And then he, he's in. He's get, he gets it. Um, but they find out that this girl is basically exchanging bad poetry with this older creepy dude um, who was kind of playing up the vampire card like we saw earlier. And they realize that they were meeting up at this bar called the Black Rose. So um, they got to go and head over there. But meanwhile, we are shown a scene of a um, like a blood donation truck. It gets attacked by these vampires, and the driver is killed, and a bunch of blood is stolen. Yeah, this is this is a pretty gruesome death too. Because uh, the thing that stuck out to me is that even though it was like we're obviously in a vampire episode, right? <laughs> like we, yeah. we know that from the beginning. We're here. Yeah, we're we, we know what we're doing. Like the vampires obviously stole all this blood, but just ripped this dude's throat out. Like didn't actually drain him, which seemed very very suspicious to me. Like these are vampires, but they're not acting like the vampires that we have come to to, to understand in the supernatural universe. Right. Um. So after this, Sam and Samuel, uh, Grandpa Samuel, talk, and uh, Samuel confirms like, yeah, this has been the pattern for three or four cities now. Six or seven girls get taken. And then a blood donation truck gets gets jacked, and everything disappears. And it happens in the next town. So like they're they're actively following cases here, mm-hmm. which is kind of something that we haven't really been doing in Supernatural up until season six. Uh, like season one, we did some of this stuff. Season two, we did a little bit more of it. But season six is all about like actively going after some like jobs, as, as they would call it in the hunter yeah. parlance. But like these are actual things that are happening that they're trying to prevent happening, not just like we got to stop the apocalypse or anything like that. Yeah, more and more just deal with these cases and helping you know find missing people or just hunt monsters is becoming more and more significant to their lives again especially since i think it works well with the intensity at which sam has been working and then drawing dean back into the life and just job after job after job um Mm -hmm. because there's been what there's been a hunt every episode right yeah Mm -hmm. was this episode six that we're on that's an excellent question now this is episode five five okay um but yeah so they, they talk for a while and then um 
they head to they head to the bar, the Black Rose, and it's super funny just seeing like <laughs> these like lumberjack dudes in their flannel shirts come down and they're just in the middle of this like leather goth bar. Um I do want to. I want to call out one thing here, which is, uh, and Sam totally ignores this. But as they sit down at the bar and they start to kind of, you know, scope out the situation to find any potential vampires in this, like you said, like goth leather bar, uh, Dean looks at Sam and is like, "Man, when's the last time we sat down and just had a beer together?" Yeah, and yeah. Sam just totally ignores this just and completely- is like, "What about that guy over there?" <laughs> it's it's something like I noted it down too, and I wonder if circumstances were a little different we wouldn't pay any attention to that it would have just been you know dean making a comment and then like oh look there's a thing over there but sam just like pointedly not answering him and just focusing on work at all times it's kind of it starts a trend of me getting really sad the the second episode in in these two here i got real emotional Mm -hmm. at a certain point man there's some there's some shit going on between our boys um but sam just stays on tasks stays on task and, and they see a few different subjects of like creepy goth guys talking to like unsuspecting younger girls and so they have to split up and go uh follow the different vampires so i think dean, dean calls- at one point um sees sees two men kissing one another and is surprised to see his uh attraction to castiel like rendered in the flesh and yeah. is taken aback a little bit this is so, like the first yeah. thing like dean's hearing about this kind of thing <laughs> So well, he's just, he's it's, just the, it's the first time that he's seen PDA. Like the first time that he encountered it was way back when the um, the real Ghostbusters episode when he met the the gay oh, right, couple right, uh, right, pretended right. to be Gatine and Sam. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that he's seen that two men can ex- express that attraction physically in a public place. So this <laughs> takes him aback a little bit. He's still yeah. struggling with these emotions. Um, man, the next episode with Castiel, I was like, keep keep what? it together, boys. What? Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? They're so over. There's subtext, and then there's Dom subtext. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dom text. Uh, yeah, so they, they each each of the brother they they head off after uh, one of these subjects. Um, Sam heads down to the basement pursuing this guy, just looking like Sam. You could blend in. You get the long hair. You could have done something. He doesn't give a shit. He just marching down there, being a hundred feet tall, uh, pulls out a machete just in the basement of this bar, and sure enough, you know this vampire jumps him down there. And as if it was nothing, as if he's level 100 and this is some level one mob coming after him, he just hacks this thing's head off like he's been doing it all day. Uh, it's nothing. And Dude, the vampire drops. It d- does not even, like, break a sweat doing this. Doesn't look disturbed that he's killed something or somebody. Just, like, this vampire jumps out and he just does a 360-degree spin and then, the, like, looks behind him and the vampire's head is just falling on the floor. Yeah. And then, like, test his machete to make sure his machete is still yeah, sharp. Yeah, he just, like, back. pulled some samurai shit. <laughs> yeah, did this did this, did this vampire spine dull my blade is what yeah. Sam is worried about right now. <laughs> and meanwhile, you know, Dean runs outside and he sees this, you know, this vampire-looking guy um, kissing down on some girl. And he just, you know, he, he runs in, pulls them apart, tells the girl to run off, and then just starts kind of hustling on this this guy and then... You know, he's like, show me your teeth, realizes this is a fake vampire. It's just some, some guy trying to get laid, as he says. He, he says, he wore, Dean calls him out, I'm wearing glitter on his face. He's like, are you wearing glitter? And he's like, yeah, well, it helps me get laid. <laughs> Dean's like, does it work? It's, yeah, it's, 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 of course it is. Of course it works. I also like the fact that this dude is wearing straight up, like, falsies, right? Like, he's wearing, like, yeah. false, like, vampire teeth, and it's just so gross. I've I've never ever in my life I don't think like dressed up to this extent to get laid. Yeah, I've never like been a 
a, a Casanova with women or anything. I just have never like d- gone to this extent to try to get laid. Like, like, have you ever completely changed your entire outward demeanor in, in, in order to meet and to seduce chicks? Well, I'm telling I'm you, assuming you on, no. You put on the band shirt. You put on the black turtleneck. You put on the cloak with the popped collar. That's you know, that, and then 45 minutes on makeup. That's all you need, and the ladies will flock to you. And then you have to say, "Mom, I'll be on the bus soon. I'm getting ready." <laughs> Sorry, no, we Mom. can't make out at my house. My parents are home. <laughs> yeah, it's not goth to make out when my parents are home. I'm my sorry. mom's making mac and cheese tonight. Sorry, I can't hang out. <laughs> I ate too many onions earlier. We can't make out right now. It's too goth. Um, right, my mom said if I get home early, I can have McDonald's, so I can't <laughs> hang out right now. <laughs> yeah, chicken nuggets are so goth. <laughs> Um, so he scares this dude off and then he's immediately kind of approached by, um, we, I don't know if we specifically call this dude out, but like our, the, the, the older vampire from the cold open that, uh, the, the younger vampire scared this chick into mm-hmm. comes up to Dean and is like, you're pretty. And Dean's like, Hey dude, I'm not, I'm not really like that, that when he's like, no, no, you're really pretty. And then like proceeds to attack Dean by throwing him across the alley and kind yeah. of dizzying him. And, this guy's uh, got a kind of intense, like look for supernatural like he's got this really really big hair and he is like a bigger dude and it's just I, he just really he really stands out i like this actor as this like creepy vampire guy his name is boris i don't know if it's ever mentioned in the episode but i looked nice. it up his nice. name is boris <laughs> it's a dumb name um, for a vampire but yeah he like he he throws down on dean and um just when he he kind of gets dean pinned up against this like dumpster and he's attacking him that's when sam shows up and we're thinking like oh here we go, double brother, uh, knife throw, we're going to take mm-hmm, this vamp down mm-hmm. in the nick of time. But what does Sam do? Sam does the most surprising thing, and he does absolutely nothing. He just stands there and kind of watches, and it, he has this weird expression on his face, and it's almost like a like a fleeting smile as he watches this, his brother. Yeah, this weird little malicious like flicker of a grin, and then it goes away. And he watches his brother get... Uh, he watches this vampire slash his wrist and shove vampire blood all up in his brother's mouth and doesn't do anything. It's, it's really bizarre. And like, we've talked a lot during season six so far about how weird Sam has acted. This is far and away the weirdest Sam has ever acted. Like this is strange. I think as you know, people watching this show who are really big Dean fans, I know that there's a lot of them, you would be watching this show and just be like really pissed off. Like, what the hell? Why, Sam, why didn't you help him? Um, and I know I had friends at the time who were re- reacting that way. They were super pissed. Um, and me, as being such a big Sam fan, I was like horrified as, you know, as just a fan of the show. I could not believe like what I just saw. We knew something was a little bit off with Sam. He'd been acting a little bit strange and a little bit more aggressive or not as you know sweet and caring as he had once been or not as emotional but that look on his face there's no hiding that there's no denying that like malicious grin that he had for a second there um because and then after dean gets attacked and the vampire takes off or or sam kind of like runs up with his machete sort of feigning interest or like feigning like he had just shown up to help um and man is it uncomfortable and we're gonna learn a little bit more going through this episode but like this is a sticking point, not just for the audience, but for Dean for quite a while now, because that was a significant move. Yeah, because Dean is is dazed right now because he's been punched in the face and then fed demon blood by this this vampire, so he doesn't quite pick up on what is, what is going around. Uh, but yet, yeah, this this little fake 
like Sam's going to scare the vampire off and this vampire like scrambles away is because he doesn't even give chase. Like he doesn't even try very hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really weird and bizarre. Instead, he takes Dean back to the hotel where, uh, Samuel and no, no excuse me. Uh, Dean is, is, excuse me, Samuel doesn't show up for a little while. Dean is f- rightfully freaking out a little yeah. bit. His He's senses these, like, are in n- overload. He can hear yeah. everything, smell everything. And the thing that he calls out, I mean, tr- let's, Dean is turning into a vampire. There's no, there's no way around that. Dean is straight up just turning into a vampire. And this was a huge deal. I remember they showed this in like the trailers for this episode, and I, it, it was a big deal. And... He looks at Sam, even during all this, even during his freakout, he looks at Sam, he's, he's like, why are you so calm? And Sam's like, I don't know, no, I'm, I'm freaking out, man. He's like, no, I can hear your heartbeat. Your heart is beating just fine. Like, what's going on with you? Um, and Sam is just like, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to like, keep a level head here. He's just, Sam is just being really, really strange. And, you know, Dean goes into the bathroom, locks the door, runs the faucet, and then he escapes. He, he runs off, because obviously they're trying to keep... Dean on lockdown until Samuel can get there, and Dean's assumption is that Samuel is just coming to kill him. So Dean, he goes to see Lisa. Um, well, Barbara, and he starts just in, in the bathroom. I want to call out that like the reason that he runs away is because he starts seeing these vampire teeth come in, right, and it right. really freaks him out. Like he's kind of telling Sam through all of this, like I'm a monster now. Like there's only one thing that you can do for me. Mm-hmm. Like he's basically immediately once this happens and then he starts to making this change, he's like, I have to die. Um, but he wants to see Lisa for the first time, like you said. So he goes to Lisa and Ben's house, and this is a horrible, horrible scene. Like, I don't yeah. like anything about this because nope. I really like Lisa and Ben. Mm-hmm. And this is Dean damaging this relationship, as as we're going to see in the next episode Recover, beyond repair. Yeah, this, he, this is the final straw for Lisa. And- shit. He, yeah, Dean, um, and it's weird because he starts, like, watching her while he's, while she's sleeping. And he pro pro goth vampire. Yeah, he commented on how <laughs> creepy that was, and how, I think he says how, how rapey is that. Um, yeah, when he's because it's that's the exact scene that's on the cover of the of right. the not which is a book f- it was a flippant remark that he made. But I also I remember being like, yeah, we need to like not be letting like teenage girls think that that kind of behavior is okay. Um, <laughs> Twilight is infecting a lot of young minds right now. Um, but yeah, he he goes to see Lisa, and he's just sort of. He's freaking out a little bit, but he says, thanks for everything. Um, and he says, you know, I, I can't bring this crap home to you. And she says, well, you're, you're talking about your work. And he says, no, I'm talking about my life. Um, there's there's a back and forth here. And she's just sort of, she's totally confused. Because he said that he was nearby, but he wasn't going to be coming for a few more days. And suddenly he's just here in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. But he says, uh, yeah, I can't bring this crap home to you. It's ugly and it's violent. And I'm going to die soon. And and she kind of goes up to him to like, you know, hug him or touch him or just get close to him. And he slams her up against a wall. And like for a minute, she's like, is this like a sex thing? Like you could kind of tell like, is it what's, what's happening right now? And he kind of leans in. Um, and you, and he, th- throughout this entire scene, he's hearing the pulse of her heartbeat, like mm-hmm. constantly. Like we hear that like bass going on in the scene. And then he, he he pulls himself away from her and faces the camera, and that's where we see he's got the full vampire teeth. And listeners, you may or may not remember in the in the supernatural universe, like vampires don't just have the two dumb fangs; they've got just a whole mouth of claws. Yeah, not claws. Um, not, that's not what you call them when they're in your mouth. You call thanks. them their thanks. their mouth claws. Um, Excuse me. Let me seeing sure these scenes of like sort of like domestic violence or or whatever it is, um, it's a little bit different than then when they're fighting monsters who are women. Because we've I've talked about before it's a little bit weird seeing these hunks like punch down on ladies even though it's like mm-hmm. okay it's a monster but but still um 
there's a scene in uh, season four with that like Ruguru guy who is like his he can't control his appetites and he keeps trying to have sex with his wife and she's like trying to stop him and it's like super weird and inappropriate and like she freaks out and it's I never thought this of Dean but you know him slamming her against the wall like that and Lisa being like kind of confused for a second and like not necessarily like afraid I think just goes to show the type of person that Dean is and it's a very understated thing that even even when he he's acting so strange she trusts him so implicitly as just being the good man that he is that she doesn't even know to be afraid yet and that even some that kind of makes it even more terrifying in a way and that's kind of like the whole plot of of a lot of like vampire fiction you know Salem's Lot stuff like that is just like this thing sleeping beneath the surface that you you don't see coming but obviously Dean freaks out, you know, he pulls himself away from her and he goes onto the hallway just in time for Ben to come out of his room and, and see Dean and he tries to come up to Dean and, and have a normal reaction to this guy that he kind of sees as his father figure and Dean throws him against the wall and then runs away. And it's not exactly how he wanted things to go. No, not at all. And we, we should note that like Dean is in a full on like breakdown mode. Like his mm-hmm. vision is cloudy. He's he's obviously craving human blood because of this this vampire blood that he's in. He's changing, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the whole like vampire change scene, and like slams Ben against the wall, and Lisa comes running out and grabs Ben, and fortunately Dean just leaves at this point. Like he's he has enough control over his faculties to just jet. Um, but yeah, this is a dangerous situation. Like as much as he maybe wanted to say goodbye to Lisa and or goodbye to Ben. Like bringing your your vampire infected ass to this nice <laughs> nice house that presumably Dean is paying for, but some way I, I don't know. I how. don't know. He's selling selling his the coffins that he digs up. I don't Lisa know if he saw the other day, that but she, she said really she needed to get a job at some point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. She's just unemployed. I don't know. Maybe so. Who knows? Um, but yeah, bringing your vampire infected ass to this to this you know house and fucking up these people's lives is the worst thing you could possibly do. And uh, yeah, luckily he leaves, and we don't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, actively feed on either. Yeah, and I think he definitely really regrets going there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, instead, he goes back to the hotel where uh, Samuel and Sam have met and are kind of discussing their options. Samuel is running Sam down a little bit, like you can't even keep track of your brother or whatever. Like again, they're not. They're not making Samuel likable at all at this point. Like he seems like a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like he does not care for these boys at all as much as he might like kind of say that out loud. Like, of course I care for you. You're my blood. You're my family. Like he he definitely doesn't actually care. Yeah, he doesn't even um, know and, them. Yeah, and Dean assumes that he's there to basically cut off his head and volunteers it and says like, okay, you know, I I didn't feed on anybody, but I'm going to at some point. So you 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 have to come do it. You have to do you have to do what you have to do. And Samuel surprises everybody, including the audience, by saying, like, oh, yeah, I could do that, or I could just, you know, cure you. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait what? <laughs> Excuse yeah. me? This is this is a whole new kind of element to Supernatural we've never seen before, you know, a, a reversal from, from a monster. Um, we knew there had to be something like this. It's not like Dean could be a vampire forever. Uh, that'd be one hell of a season six if he was. But um, Samuel says that, yeah, there's this old cure, and as... He says it's like an old fam- uh, Campbell recipe. It's like the soup or something. Um, as long it's, as Dean it's from Great Granddaddy's diary. <laughs> yeah, as long as he hasn't fed, then he should be good. And, and Dean says he hasn't fed. So um, the only the only hitch to this is is they need the blood of the vampire that originally turned him. So this this Boris fella. Yeah, they need they need some Boris blood. Yeah, uh, and Dean just immediately is like, okay, fine, let's go do it. 
um, I'll go into the vampire nest and, you know, Sam kind of gets up to volunteer to like go with him. And Dean's like, there's no way I'm going to let you do this. Like you, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. You're like, you're basically a walking hamburger. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can hear your heartbeat from here and it's like making me crazy. So I have to go to go do this alone. Um, let's, let's talk. Let's, can we just take a, a brief like detour right here? Because this is the point where the, they do such a wonderful job and, and tracking Dean's transformation into a vampire. And it's a really disturbing thing. Like we started this as almost a comedy episode where they were making fun of Twilight. You know, they, we've got some vampires wearing some some uh, um, like sparkly bullshit on their face. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could easily be like one of those funny haha moments. But like this transformation, I think this Dean battling for his humanity is something that's like straight up horror stuff. And I really, yeah. really like this. Like we talk about liking the Monster of the Week episodes more, a little bit more. Because we were so lore heavy in season four and five, man, this is good, Chris. This I is love some good this. stuff. Yeah, it's real yeah. horror. It's you. You really feel like I don't know. Jensen portrays it in such a way that you almost feel like like Dean is re- is leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And with every every ounce of energy that he has, he's fighting to remain as Dean and not become this vampire. Um, and there's a, there's another brief scene. I think you know what before after Dean, you know, gets ready to head off where Samuel is like, what the hell's going on with you, Sam? You acted surprised when I brought up the cure, but like, you should know about that. Like you've known about that all along. And Sam denies having ever heard about this cure. And specifically, uh, turns it around on Samuel. And I'm only calling this out because it's going to go into uh, a little bit of our, the finale of this episode. But, um, he, he, he immediately turned like, what do you think I am? Like I, I could never, I could, like, who do you think I am? Like, I could never do that to my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm not that terrible of a person. How could you possibly think this of me? Which is uh, kind of a, like a classic abuser, you know, switcheroo, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I'm going yeah. to take away this thing that you're complaining about and put it back on you for thinking bad thoughts about me. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, therefore, you're not talking about the thing that actually bothered you. We're talking about the way that I, pre- like, you're presenting that to me or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. total garbage. Like, that's not what's important. Uh and, and just insists too, like he's like, no, no, that wasn't me. That must have been Christian or somebody, <laughs> like, like some other random yeah. fucking Campbell. Because all of a sudden, Supernatural is just lousy with Campbells, Chris. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so funny how many people on like Twitter and stuff have been like, oh, I really like Sam now, Chris. Like he's such a good boy. I'm like, yeah, well, stick around because <laughs> <laughs> that shit don't last. <laughs> So after this, Dean goes to the uh, vampire nest. He runs immediately into. Um, first off, he does a little MacGyver move to get into the place, which I, I really liked. I don't know if you caught this or not. Like he ties a string to the door, and as somebody like walks out, he he prevents the the door from closing using the string, which that's I thought a, was just like a really that's a good ass move. hunter move right there. That's a, that's a hunter move right there, man. That's good. That's uh, a John Winchester into, right there. That is a, definitely a John Winchester move. Uh, he runs into Robert, which is our our, our like our twi hard vampire the, mm-hmm. from the beginning of the of the show. And uh, he's like, "Oh man, welcome! Well, hey man, it's good to see you. I was wondering when you'd be yeah. by." Yeah. <laughs> he's just chill about this whole thing. Immediately offers uh, Dean a bunch of blood, and Dean's like, oh, I'm, "I'm full, man. I killed so many people on the way over here." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, well actually, we're not supposed to kill anybody, so you'll have to you'll have to lay low for now. But you know." I've always wanted to do that. I've never, I've never killed anybody. You'll have to tell me what that's like. And I think that this is not at all what we were expecting from vampires because in season two, we met Lenore. I think that was her name. Um, mm-hmm. and Benny, who, who is a character who is a vampire later on in the series, who's 
his actor shows. It doesn't matter. It's just a little weird thing. That guy plays two vampires in Supernatural. I don't know. I don't um, know if you know, the chick that's the villain in the next episode has also been in the show twice. So enjoy that. Is that the girl that uh, Sam kissed in the first season? No, she plays. Um, we'll, we'll get there, in, I guess, in the episode. But she plays like a. She's like listed as a hospital attendant for some episode in season two. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember. Like she had to be just like some chick that gets flirted with or something. Clearly, I'm really bad at remembering all this stuff because I thought that the guy in the season opener was Dracula. So I'm. I'm not great at remembering. Faces. I meant to. We uh. We we got. We didn't get called out. Someone on our Discord. I think it was Eric. Was like, no, that's not the guy. I mean, I actually looked it up during the episode, and we just never got around to talking about it. It was definitely not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I think that I still think they look like. I look them both up i still think they look like but anyway um yeah dean these vampires they're not killing people they're recruiting i guess we're gonna get to that anyway and i just thought it was interesting that these vampires are now they're taking advantage of the the pop culture vampire thing which i think is a really cool like horror subversion type thing like you know taking the popularity of vampires and allowing a vampire to live off of that and they're they're gathering a family or or an army of vampires, I think, as it gets uh, described later on. But what's most interesting is that I lost my train of thought, and I'm trying <laughs> to find my way he back tell, to it. He t- he tells Dean that they're recruiters, right? Like that they're oh, okay. they're going to yeah, be recruiters, yeah. and leads him into uh, Boris's domain. And Boris is uh, kind of like leaned over. Our um, Kristen, what's her name from like our, our original girl from the Cold Open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and forcing her to write terrible poetry to put up online so that they can recruit more chicks that are into terrible poetry and uh, like this whole thing. And Boris is going to go on to explain that this is a cycle. Yeah, he's basically uh, recruiting very pretty boys to be vampires to go out and rec- recruit to kidnap little girls so that they can find pretty boys. Like he's just making just a, a, a mm-hmm. loop. Right, because in um, uh, season one, when John Winchester shows up to hunt with the boys for the first time, and they go to that uh, vampire's nest, and that's when we get our lore dump on vampires. John, or I, I, he, he says that he's tracking vampires, and the first thing that Dean says is that I thought that vampires were extinct. So there was a point in time where vampires had basically been wiped off the face of the earth because of hunters. So I like the idea that, you know, five years later, after everything that's happened, regardless of the Winchesters, but just their ongoing, you know, downhill struggle. After all that time, now it's like the vampires are recruiting and they're trying to make this big comeback. Mm hmm. I also like that Dean is smart enough to, once he gets introduced to Boris and he said, uh, Boris says something about like, Oh, I thought you, I thought that Hunter was going to get you. And Dean says something like, well, what's a Hunter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just Dean being very, you know, very, um, like, like Russian spy during yeah, the scene. Thinking on <laughs> He's just trying to, pre- <laughs> exactly. Um, this vampire describes himself as 600 years old. Um, which is terrible because that haircut looks like, you know, it should be, should have been gone about a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, but now he's extremely excited because this new resurgence in Twilight and vampire romantic fiction is even better than the, the Anne Rice or the Draculas, and it's gave them a leverage in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And he's doing some creepy shit. Like, he's keeping these chicks, like, chained up in jail cells until they become, like, quote-unquote compliant, yeah. which is super gross. Until they're going to do his, his vampire bidding. Mm-hmm. And uh, he offers Dean, like, a tour of this place, and Dean sees the opportunity to use the uh, dead man's blood that we neglected to talk about (laughs) earlier that Samuel gave him. Um, But he's going to try to kill this dude and and grab some of his blood. Before he can, uh, this Boris the Vampire, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, Uh, Boris the Vampire, like, 
like feels that he's about to attack him and pr- stops it, but then everybody in the room passes out. Yep. Uh, Boris first, and everybody kind of collapses. And then we get like this Tumblr aesthetic dream sequence. For sure, Tumblr aesthetic <laughs> dream sequence. I love when they when they reach for the stars with these like weird, creepy things. But it's very yeah. much just like, uh, what's scary about horror movies? Like old guys with long fingernails and little girls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely twin girls with weird teeth. That's, that's what we need to go after. The Shining is, is yeah. very scary. Yeah. You know, for as much as I'm kind of ragging on it now, this, this is actually well put together. Like this whole like, dream montage thing is it's a lot of flashing back and forth between scenes and a lot of like specifically like ooh an empty playground or like mm-hmm. twin girls with like whatever but like this is okay for 2010 like i, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. i remember specifically this scene and think and being kind of excited about where it would lead because this is right. obviously showing us the alpha vampire this is the father yeah. vampire that boris was just talking about it's, um who scene is, is this, so like, strange and so different than like what we normally Anything see in Supernatural. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, even if it's not exactly the most original um, thing ever in horror, it's it's original for Supernatural. It's new to Supernatural. So it, it it's kind of effective in that way. Exactly. And again, like just extremely excited about where this could possibly lead. Uh, Dean wakes up and finds that Boris the vampire has woken up and all of the other vampires have too. And that Boris is letting out these vampires to try to kill Dean. So Dean has to basically slaughter his way through this entire motherfucking place in between Sam and Samuel show up. But like the most important thing here is that Dean has a machete and he kills almost every fucking vampire in this joint. Like it's, this is, this is Dean's version of like the raid, that movie, um, where he's just like running through cramped hallways, killing the shit out of a lot of, I would take an hour and a half of, of Dean Winchester directed by whoever the dude was that directed the raid of the right two, because, Oh my God, that sounds so great. It's some good shit. Um, I, I I like this a lot. And again, like it, it's taken us to some extremely dark places, right? Like this is, this is not even Dean. Cause it, at some point Dean looks over and he sees these women that are cra- crapped up in this, in these jails, crapped up, excuse me, that are locked up in this jail cell. And th- and you could just kind of tell that the show wants you to go like, Oh, he's going to save these women. No, no, no. He's going no. to kill everybody. And it's dark, man. Like it's dark yeah. and it's bloody and it's gritty. And it's like, Dean has already, you know, he's fighting really hard to, well, physically, he's literally fighting really hard, but he's also, he's very much trying to retain humanity, but it's important to keep in mind that he's not human anymore. He is a vampire. Um, the only thing that's keeping him, I don't know, together is the fact that he hasn't had blood yet, but he is no longer human. So his kind of ruthlessness is almost like, it's almost to be expected, I guess. And we do get some glimpse of that. Like the show's pretty good about showing him like jump off a balcony that's you know ten or fifteen, fi- mm-hmm, 15 mm-hmm. feet high in the air and landing perfectly. Like he's he d- he's obviously not like full vampire powers yet, but he's he's getting there, and it's definitely helping him like murder everybody in this room yeah. in this entire joint. Um, Sam and Samuel finally finally find him, and when they do, uh, he's standing over the head of the six hundred year old vampire having fought him and killed him. Mm-hmm. So he's able Which, to, um, he's able to get the blood that he needs. And he, Dean killed like, like a King vamp. Like that was a, that was a rare boss that he took down all by himself. You're supposed to have a full party sure. for that. And Dean handled yeah, it all mm-hmm. on his own. And you know, they, they did this weird scene where like the, the, Oh, B- Boris like does the kung fu come at me thing from the Matrix or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna look past that because everything else about this is so fucking cool that <laughs> the the come hither from the Matrix is just got, kind of ruins it for me. But we can just ignore that. That's fine. I can yeah. selectively yeah, yeah, yeah. not remember that. 
Um, but yeah, like finding Dean and there's this really good shot of, uh, just kind of from the top down with Dean having drugged the head over to his, so there's the smear of blood from where the, between the body and where Dean is sitting with his foot on top of this vampire's head that I think is, it's just a really evocative shot. Like it's a really, it's, 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 again, this is it's, a fucking horror movie in 40 yeah. minutes is what this and is. These are, this is like a, like a comic book thing with him just like, he's acting like the Punisher or something. <laughs> like I, I, I just mm-hmm. love all of this. Yeah, this this is super good. Uh, they we we flash back to the hotel where Samuel is making up this uh, you know cure, and Sam just like can't stop asking like, "What'd you see? What'd you see? What'd you see?" And Dean is just freaking the fuck out. He's like, "It's stop talking. I can't hear you. Your blood is way too loud. I'm freaking the fuck out." He finally like drinks this concussion and just immediately starts vomiting up constantly. Uh, Chris, I. I hate watching people vomit on TV. It's, never it's my good. least it's my least favorite thing that people do on TV shows and movies nowadays and they seem to have gotten so much worse with it over the last you know few what? years. I don't know. Is that now, old man Jay? Am no. I old man Jay in around the, around here? No, 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 but I think now we need to appreciate um Jared Padalecki's uh shitty hungover Sam from season 1 or 2 whatever that was when he's throwing up into the toilet because it's just not it's not it's not very convincing. So you're like, yeah, this is fine. I don't feel sick. I could just pretend that he's throwing up. Cuz yeah, I watch sure, yeah. all sucks. <laughs> um, and this is some like violent black bile coming out of this man. Yeah, this is this is Dean ejecting all of the fluids in his body all at once. And it's like um, either after it's he's fixing done, him or he's dying. Or he, or he's dying is what Samuel says. After he's done, he kind of collapses back and he starts having all these flashbacks to everything that's happened to him since he turned into a vampire. And he, he fixates on the one thing that we called out early. As as he was being turned by Boris, the vampire, he sees Sam out of the corner of his eye and he sees this, this expression on Sam's face that almost looks like a smile. And as he he realizes that Sam just let him get turned. Um and that's that's got to be a blow to Dean, right? Like mm-hmm. that's this is a this is a he's kind of distrusted Sam since the beginning of the season, but this feels like a confirmation that this is not Sam. Like this right. is some other entity in Sam's body. Um, this has always bothered me logistically because uh, I don't know how I don't know how Dean saw him when he was being attacked by a vampire. Like it's just would have been one of those little things that just nags at you. Um, like, how how did he see? How did he get that sweet close up shot on Sam? Was he watching Supernatural too? Um, <laughs> Look, I've, the, I've always thought that's the only reason that the boys like like the songs that we do, right? It's because they always hear them played at the beginning yeah, of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just one of those little like nitpicky things. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. He didn't have to specifically see the exact same shot that we did. He could have just glanced over and seen Sam standing there doing nothing. Exactly, um, it, and it, it doesn't really matter because no, it like, Dean's fine. But um, he's he's extremely distrustful of Sam at this point, and um, he tells Sam and Samuel like, "Hey, they're actively recruiting people, and worse, they're not scared of us anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they know we exist, and they're they're out here to beef up their numbers and come after the hunters. So yeah. we we need to we need to watch out." And I think that we learned somewhere in here. We may have even mentioned that I don't know that Samuel and and to a lesser degree Sam they've been on the hunt for the alpha vampire. Um, I think they've mentioned alphas before in previous episodes, and they have. Um, this is I. Th- I think that Samuel accuses Sam of this is why you wanted Dean on the inside, like you wanted to find out more about this alpha, and you're you know you'll do anything for it. You don't care. Yeah, uh, Samuel has accused you know Sam of like one using Dean to track down this alpha vampire, um, and we've pretty much got confirmation here about it. Uh, and then after all of this, Dean is on the phone trying to call Lisa and like, doesn't leave a great, doesn't leave really any message at all. And, uh, 
like I, I feel so bad for Dean in this because it's one of those situations where you did something wrong when you were not in control of yourself, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't excuse anything that you did. First, like first and foremost, like you right. can't. There's no I'm sorry for doing this. I was out of my mind or whatever. It was just like no, I, I did a wrong thing. Um, but you can tell, you, and we we can tell as the viewer, like he has a lot of love and affection for these two people, and it's his former life, and it's it means something to him. Like not his former life, but it's his it's his apple pie life. Yeah, it's something and that it he was feels building like, towards. Exactly, and it feels like that's dead now. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like that's not going to exist anymore by the end of this episode. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Uh, he he makes it, yeah. he, he kind of needles Sam a little bit, and is like, well. You know, Lisa may not answer the phone, but I know you've always got my back, right, Sam? And Sam's like, oh, of course, Dean, I've got your back. Still acting extremely strange, and Dean just not trusting Sam. And, oh, Chris, I've never been I've never been more heartbroken about my boys. Mm-hmm. This is when, bad. When Dean says, you know, at, at least you got my back. No matter what happens, I can always count on you. Right, Sammy? And then Sam just going, yeah, of course, Dean. And it lies. These are lies, Sammy. What are you up to? Yeah, this is... Um, I guess to sum up this episode, I I really was worried when I saw this one pop up on our list because, you know, live free or twy hard. And I re- vaguely remembered them doing a bunch of like bad twilight jokes. I remember Dean turning into a vampire. Um, I didn't quite remember it being this gruesome and violent and bloody. I didn't remember it uh, affecting Dean so much. And this is all really good. This feels like the dark side of hunting. Like if you'll excuse the dark yeah, side. Yeah, no, reference. for sure. Uh, this this feels like the the and we're gonna get this into the next episode that we're gonna cover. Like I think Dean says something to the extent of um, you stay bloody until you get bloody or something like that. And it's like it's just you you really do just drown. Yeah, you're, you're in covered blood in blood and until you're covered in your own blood. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I, man, this is this is gritty. It's filmed very dark. Like we don't, there's no daytime scenes that I can remember in this. Like it's all at night. Yeah. And it's vampires, so obviously, um, but it's it's just very gritty. It's very bloody and dirty and grungy, and I I like it a lot. Even if it's this full is, of some of the most ridiculous goth outfits I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, this is 100 percent what I signed up for when I became a supernatural fan. Um, I think I I stayed for the apocalypse. And the and the hunks, but I came for the vampire fights and that kind of thing. This is like what made me interested in the series to begin with, and they just deliver so strongly on so many fronts with this that it. I'm honestly taken aback at, at how much I'm enjoying season six so far. Uh, again, it's no season five. It has a lot of weaknesses, but damn, it doesn't have a lot of strengths too. It it does. Like I'm. I'm really enjoying season six so far, Chris. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, and we've, we've talked about this at length. Like I was a little worried getting into it that, you know, we've had such a meta plot emotion driven season that like kind of culminated in this, in this great emotional episode that our comedy podcast, like made people cry. <laughs> like <laughs> it ended in that kind of, in, in that kind of note that it would be really tough, but like, I'm actually kind of enjoying this. Like this is, I'm having a good time yeah. watching these episodes. It's, it's been very enjoyable. Who knows what the back half of season six is going to be like, but, you know, I, I, I was going back and forth about this and whether or not, you know, I enjoyed that they, they went, tried to do some different things, didn't know if it worked out, but man, this like, this building mystery about what's wrong with Sam and, you know, these alphas and like that weird psychic vision that Dean just had, like, there's, there's so much that they're doing here that they have never really done before. They're trying, they're building things or it's almost like, um, everything going on with yellow eyes and the psychic kids back in season two, when we didn't know the full truth yet. Um, 
I, I just I really like what they're doing, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes because I, I I have the general idea, but I can't remember quite all of it. So this is uh this has been really cool. Going back to season six. next episode that we're going to cover is You Can't Handle the Truth, written by Eric Carmelo, Nicole Snyder, and David Reed, directed by Jan Eliasberg, and released on October 29th, 2010. Sam and Dean investigate a series of suicides and discover the victims were being told brutal truths that drove them crazy. They find out that someone is invoking the goddess of truth, Veritas, forcing people to be... Can you... Really? <laughs> we don't find that out to the last 20 minutes? Of- the whole anyway. fucking thing. Forcing people to be cruelly honest against their will, and Dean is the next victim. Dean is forced to tell Sam the truth about how he feels about his return from hell. Oh, okay. That's like the... Wow, thanks. Thanks. Also, uh, like, we are kind of in the weeds on, like, writers and directors at this point. Like, the first five seasons, we were definitely, like, seeing, you know, the names pop up over and over mm-hmm. again. And uh, we're just not seeing that here, which is which is fine, because I like this episode a lot, too. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely kind of strange. That we're, we're definitely branching into new territory. Like, they're giving uh, new people creative uh, control over our, over our favorite hunk series. I mean, it... A season after season five, that's, this is the time to do it. After the biggest of the big, now, you, you know, mm-hmm. let's just do some crazy shit. Let's let some new people in here. You know, you, you got to do it at some point. Um, but yeah, this episode is uh, this is interesting. Unfortunately, the first note that I took was um, some desperate loser is talking on the phone at work. And then like two minutes Aww. later, like she commits suicide and everyone's really mean to her. And I was like, she, I mean, she, she's Chris. not, I mean, she's not, she's totally fine. I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I was yeah, just making fun is, of her um, this is a this is a waitress it's at um i don't know if you remember this but this is um what was yep, it biggerson's that this, this is where the, they won the yeah yeah <laughs> this was also where um i think some, i, I want to say this is where famine went and just killed everybody um so yeah this, this restaurant is just keep it on trucking yeah. throughout but literal literal famine <laughs> this this you know younger girl she's on the phone at work that's why i called her a desperate freak because she was like talking on the phone while she's on her shift i'm like come on girl keep it together um but she's also like well she never called back but we had so much Mm -hmm. of a connection i don't know what i'm gonna do it's one of those things so like desperate loser is is not far off the mark to be honest with you it's just a little mean because then i felt immediately bad about it like i would never call somebody a desperate loser in real life but here i am uh on a podcast doing it and she um yeah she just says i wish for once like somebody would tell me the truth or whatever i just want the truth and suddenly everybody around her starts saying really hurtful, mean things to her. Very truthful things like, oh, the new girl's hotter than you. Or, you know, hey, um, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't eat this soup. I'm telling you because I like you. I put my special ingredient in there. Wink, wink. Um, just all this gross stuff. And she starts to get freaked out. So she calls her, I think we find out later, she calls her sister. And is like, I need you to come pick me up. I need help. And on the other end, the girl is like, wow, you're always calling me, giving me a hard time. I don't want to hear about your complaining. You should just kill yourself. And I guess for some reason, the girl brought a gun to work and she pulls it out of her pocket and, and she shoots herself at, at the restaurant. And I really felt bad about making fun of her. Well, the good news is she's a fictional character. So you don't have to feel bad. True. You don't have to feel too bad. Um, true. Yeah. The gun thing was really weird because like, they should definitely show we're going to get it out of a drawer, but like, Do they, why okay. does anybody at the bigger sense, like <laughs> have a, have a, have a pistol <laughs> at the restaurant? Well, because last you know time famine came through, like some weird shits happened here before. <laughs> 
And, you know, we, we breeze past this, but I, I just want to talk about that for a minute because, like, this restaurant had at least 20 people gorge themselves to death on both, like, hot french fries and human flesh in the restaurant. And apparently somebody came in, cleaned that up, and was like, I think we can still sell burgers here, y'all. I think we're still yeah. good. <laughs> like, let's yeah, get another chef going. still open for business. <laughs> yeah. People are still going to crave that Biggerson's burger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Con- consumerism, man. This feels like what happened when Jack in the Box came back after that Salmonella scare. scare. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. This this is kind of sad. Like it's sad to hear this chick basically run down by her her friends and her later on her family. Um, but when we go back to our our boys, it's Dean um, talking to Bobby and uh, basically laying out like I saw this. Like Sam ignored me, turned into a vampire. Sam, my brother, would not do that. That's got to be Lucifer or somebody possessing him or something. Yeah. He's, just, Bobby he's not is, buying it anymore whatsoever. He's he's expressed concern before, but now he's like almost positive that it's not Sam. And Bobby is... Um, Bobby wants to be very pragmatic about this. He's like, look, like we don't have any evidence. It, it, we don't have any idea what he is. If we don't know what he is, assuming that he's not Sam... Like, we don't know how to kill him, so you have to, like, just pretend that everything's normal, and he's your case. Like, he specifically says that. Like, he is your case. Like, you have to go work with this dude so that we can figure out what he is. You have to give me time to do it. But Dean is, and throughout this entire episode, is super freaked out. Yeah. And for some reason, all of his conversations with Bobby throughout this, even though they're supposed to be serious, just they come off as very humorous with me. Because it's just this very pragmatic Bobby being like, all right, Dean, come on, we just got to be serious about this. But I don't know why it just, like, kind of makes me chuckle. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 something to relieve the pressure, I think, because we don't really see Dean worried, right? Like we, True. we've seen Dean like stressing out about not have, knowing what to do, but like this is a whole other level. This is a whole new level of freak anxiety. Chris mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he and and like Bobby having this like calm and cool, like okay, we just got to take this, treat it like a case, and do our research and do the thing. Like you could tell that Dean is already on the other end of that and just freaking out about yeah. it. Like he has no patience for this. And then as soon as Sam walks up to him and hands him a hot dog, he's just like, "Hey, you okay?" And Dean is just, yeah, fine. How are you? Um, like all these like awkward, anxious Dean moments. They just play as comedy to me. I don't know why. Like I'm still very much into the episode. It doesn't take away from the mm-hmm. feelings that Dean is feeling for me. It just also makes me laugh. <laughs> it's um, it's it, and again, I think it just comes down to like we don't see Dean do this very often. Um, we don't see Dean this worried or this anxious. And uh, yeah. it's it's something new to us. And and Jensen is so much of a likable guy, I think, and he's so much of a mm-hmm. likable actor. And so much of that is transmitted to Dean. Oh, we're gonna and get his to portrayal that. of Dean that like any time that he's acting weird like this, it comes off as more comedy. Yeah, and um, Sam just being like, "Oh, you trying to call Lisa again? Not answering? Yeah, it sucks. Um, let's get sucks to be you, bro." Yeah. All of a sudden, Sam just starts saying bra all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you know something's wrong. Yeah, for sure, bro. Just chewing gum all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he's a baseball pitcher for some reason. I don't know where he went there, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so Sam and Dean. Yes. We're going to the same place, looks like. Chris and Jeremy head over with Sam and Dean. To the sister's house, the sister of the girl who who killed herself at the at the beginning of the mm-hmm. episode, uh, and they start interviewing her, and, and Sam is kind of grilling her while Dean's doing the typical looking around for ghosts or something. Um, she's like, "Hey, you got any weird pipes around here or something?" And she's like, "What? What do you, my sister killed herself? What does that have to do with anything?" Um, looking for receipts from the wet pipe factory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what yeah, you got going over here? <laughs> Everyone who goes there is a demon. Um, 
Sam is, he's questioning her and she's like, I have no idea why she would do this. Uh, and she tucks her hair behind her ear at one point when she says, you know, she would have no idea why she would do this. And, and Sam calls her out on it. He's like, have you ever heard of a tell? It's a poker term means like you're bluffing. You're doing something that shows that you're bluffing and you're lying about what happened to your sister and tell us the truth. And this is just a, such a deliberate, like straight to the point, Sam, that I guess at this point we're used to it, but that's not Sam. And Dean is very taken aback and kind of gives him a look like, dude, what the hell? You're like laying into this grieving woman, which again, they're always laying into grieving women. I don't know why he's so surprised at this point. Um, well, it's it's the aggressiveness, right? Because we saw this in the, um, I don't remember if it was the, uh, the episode before last or the one before that, when we were covering the last podcast episode, where Sam literally broke into that cop's apartment and mm-hmm. just, like, without even questioning it, just, like, busted the door down and went, went in guns, not guns blazing, but went in, like, we're going to deal with this. And then when they teleported into that man's apartment, via Kaz and Sam just said we're with the FBI like he's a goddamn agent Mulder and all of a sudden he learned how to teleport yeah. um, Sam, Sam's aggressiveness throughout this and immediately like because normally they would be like okay this chick is lying we know that she's lying let's find out how to trap her in this lie and figure it out but Sam just like is immediately just says like no you're lying tell me the goddamn truth immediately mm-hmm. and that's that that aggressiveness, that straightforwardness, is not really Sam's style. Um, yeah, but it works, and I think that's 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 going to be telling because we see, and we're going to hear this from Samuel, and we're going to hear this from Bobby in this episode that ever since Sam came back, he's been a way better hunter than he ever was before. Probably mm-hmm. because he's being this direct because he doesn't he doesn't quite give a shit anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's intense, and um, she says that she has no idea why, but she told her sister to kill herself. It's just like shocked her more than anybody and obviously she feels terrible about it but like she, she has no idea why she said that to her sister and and sam is like yep looks like i got the information that i wanted so they, they leave dean says that he was unable to find anything else no emf no sulfur nothing like that no hex bags um so they're kind of just left at this strange point you know this this girl clearly didn't want her sister to kill herself but she she told her to the next scene can we go over it really quickly because i don't want to talk about it oh no we're gonna we're gonna live in this moment for a little while because uh it's super uncomfortable. Uh, where we have a man um, getting ready to have a cavity drilled, it looks like, at the dentist office, and like having kind of a casual conversation with the dentist. And um, the he, this this guy that not the dentist, but this this patient starts describing basically how he molested this dentist's daughter when he she came and stayed over at his house to have a sleepover with his own daughter. And this dentist immediately freaks the hell out, rightfully so, and just starts like drilling into this dude's mouth with his like cavity drill blood splattering fucking everywhere and one of again i don't know what it is about season six that makes me want to start like top 10 list of supernatural stuff but like in one of the most gruesome kills that we've seen since the famine episode like this looks yeah, man. vicious as hell and i i don't like people fucking with my teeth i don't like going to the dentist and this just ugh, it's not great yeah, I was already freaked out just at the dentist scene, and then it just like the guy was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I molested your daughter," and that's I was like, "This is doubly gross. I need to get out of here." Did you see that picture of uh, that Autumn put up on Twitter when her when her horse Beasley like lost her yeah, baby teeth? That was some intense like, shit. I got in her car the other day, and they're, they're, those baby teeth were just in a cup in the cup holder. I looked down, and I was like, "Ah, <laughs> what in the fuck? You need to burn these, soft and burn these bones immediately." I don't like this at Seriously. all. They were gross. Ghost is gonna come back in twenty years. <sighs> Don't like that. Um, I, uh, man, I had really fucked up teeth when I was younger, and when I was like fifteen, I still had all my not all my baby teeth. I had a lot of baby teeth and my adult teeth. 
they just like would not I had two sets of teeth. I was like a fucking shark. Um it was it was just a horror show and they pulled out all of these just gigantic ass teeth and I had them sitting in a little like plastic thing in my bedroom for the longest time before I finally just threw that shit out. It was literal like these are my mouth bones. Like this is it's some fucked yep. up shit goes on. Hate fucking hate going to the dentist. But you know what's worse than not going to the dentist? Or what's worse than going to the dentist is not going to the dentist for like a few years. And then going to the dentist and it's like the dentist is like, oh, you're going to need to like spend some time and money at my office for a while. Yeah. Like we're going to need to see you back in a couple of weeks. Like, oh, yeah. shit. Okay, I haven't gone to the fine. dentist in two years, so I'm just like waiting to die now. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you like my late 20s and early 30s. I put it off. I put it off. I put it off. And like I had dental insurance. I don't know what I was doing. I but don't. like it was so it was it was so much it was so much worse. I was so much worse. Like, live through my mistakes, Chris. Or learn I, from, I, but live through. Learn from. I brush. I brush my teeth. Does not matter, dog. Go go, go to the dentist. I'm just, hey, and listeners, go to the dentist right now. Self-care. Drink some water. Go to the dentist. I don't want to. I'm telling you, man. I don't you're, have you're dental not insurance. Want to when you're like 32 and they're like, you have three cavities and that's the, and you're a jerk face. We're not coming to the dentist because you know what? The dentist is not fucking afraid to make you feel bad about anything when it comes to the dentist. Anyway, I don't know why we got off on this. Uh, it's getting late. So, you know, we, we go on tangents. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, the dentist kills this dude. A nurse walks in, does our typical like nurse scream thing, like our, 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 our ah, horror scream thing, which is always good to hear. I like, I like a good horror scream. And then uh, Dean is on the phone with Bobby again. Bobby, who has come up with no information despite studying all the time. And as we saw from the previous episode of the podcast, like when Bobby says he's been studying all night, he's probably broken into a library to do so. Um, <laughs> and you can tell Dean is getting extremely frustrated. He's like, we got to figure out what this is. When Bobby just brings up like, he got back from hell. This could just be Sam now. Like yeah. this could just be who he is. And, and man, Dean was worried before and now he's extremely concerned. Yeah, he's kind of looking for like an easy fix for not an easy fix. Like he's looking for a reason, an explanation, a solution to why Sam is fucked up. Like maybe Sam's a vampire. Maybe it's actually just Lucifer. Um, later, we're going to see Dean looking at his laptop with um, like an article about doppelgangers up. Like he's trying to find <laughs> a, a reason to explain why his brother would be like this. You know, it, it can't possibly be Sam. The real horror is what if it is just Sam? What if he's just fucked up now or just is like broken and doesn't give a shit about anything anymore because that's that's a worse reality than the one that where sam is actually lucifer or something yeah it's 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 way worse if this is like not a problem right like you said he you were like you said that dean was looking for solutions to this but honestly at this point i think that dean is looking for whatever the problem is like he's Mm -hmm. looking for something to be wrong because all dean knows how to do is to try to fix things and if stuff isn't broken, if stuff is just the way that it is now, he has no idea how to cope with that. Right. And we see that throughout this episode as he continually tries to call Lisa. Like, that whole relationship is cracked now, but he has no idea really how to deal with it. It's very sad. So this is when, obviously, whenever Dean is at his lowest, that's when he's got to call Castiel. Um, does that happen here? Um, I, I thought that was... We, we go through a couple of things before that, right? Like, we find the... Because... Uh, they find out like the dentist has killed himself and then um, Dean puts together the thing with Harry's house of horns or whatever. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So in both places, the dentist office and the uh, girl that killed himself, they both had like a picture of Harry's house of horns, which is, um, 
like a place that sells saxophones or something. I don't. I've never been yeah, to a horn it's store. Just like an instrument <laughs> store, you know. They sell yeah, w- trombones w- and stuff. Harry's House of Horns. Jesus Christ, sounds like a like that ice or snowman movie, right? <laughs> Harry's yeah. Holes, yeah. House of Horns. Um, but Harry has been missing his uh, like ancient ass thousand year old like museum piece horn. Um, and, and Dean immediately like looks this up and determines that this is the uh, Gabriel's Horn of Truth, which can cause people to tell truthful things. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of playing into the episode that we saw Castiel on last of like these weapons are could possibly be uh, like from these weapons from heaven could possibly be on Earth yeah. and can be wreaking havoc. So he he prays to. Uh, Castiel, he kind of half in the bag at this point, like he's drinking mm-hmm. whiskey and he's kind of like, whatever, Cas, this is a fucking nuclear bomb, just get your ass, god damn it, Cass. like just like he's not, I don't think he's like like top of the world Dean right here, right? No, no. Um, but but Cass shows up and he, Dean is like, he's somehow even more angry than if Cass didn't show up. Because he's like, the second that I mentioned the shit about one of the weapons of heaven, you, you suddenly that now you show up. All this time I'm talking about Sam and you have nothing for me. Uh, and Castiel, he says, um, I didn't come when you called about Sam because I have nothing to offer about Sam. Um, and Dean is like, well, what if he's Lucifer? What if he's out of his cage? And, and Castiel, he confirms for Dean and for the audience that this is not Lucifer. If Lucifer was out of the cage, we would have felt it. We would know that he was out. Um and they kind of go back and forth. Dean says that this horn, this horn of truth, is somewhere in town. And then Cassio just zaps away. Dean turns around, Cass is suddenly back. And he was like, it's not here. Dean's like, where did you look? Cassio's like, uh, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> the whole town. Um, I'm an angel. Um, and but, and but, Dean is getting more and more frustrated by Kaz's behavior because yeah. Kaz is just so cold and kind of disinterested in this whole thing, especially when it comes to Sam, and says to Kaz, like, what happened to you, man? Like, y- you used to be human or at least something close to it. Like, what, what, is, what is wrong with you? And, and Kaz says, you know, I'm at war. And this yeah. line that Misha delivers extremely well, this certain regrettable things are required of me, I think is mm-hmm. just like really like I'm in the middle of a war. I don't really have time to be fucking around with you and your brother anymore. Like I'm on a, I'm in a war for heaven, heaven itself. And if, you know, if I, the people that I'm fighting against, he doesn't say this, but you know, he's, we know that he's fighting against Raphael and Raphael's crew mm-hmm. who considers humans, you know, monkeys, right? Like right. mud monkeys or whatever they call them. So it's, it's not a good situation for anybody. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see Dean and Kaz's relationship kind of dissolve like this. And there's a weird thing in the middle of this conversation that I want to call attention to, because again, Dean's drinking, like he's got like a glass and he's drinking like some scotch or some whiskey or something. And like in the middle of this conversation, Castiel just reaches over and grabs the bottle and like fills Dean's cup back up. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just a really weird personal moment. And it's, Again, like we, we make a lot of jokes about Destiel. We make a lot of jokes about us not recognizing like the the, the weird relationship, not weird, but the, the intense relationship that these two have and the subtext thereof. But like, was that written into the script? And if so, why? And if not, like, why did they put it in? And I don't know, man. Like, I've never been in an argument with somebody and been like, "Let me refill your drink." <laughs> like, that's yeah, a weird thing know. to do. Maybe to sort of somehow express Castiel's guilt over not being able to help Sam or not answering his call before, where he's just trying to trying to do some sort of human gesture for Dean say like here have let me just fill up your glass like there's nothing else I can do or say and I feel bad about it because I'm at war and I can't really focus on your thing right now um and I know before he leaves he says that he wants to help figure out what's going on with Sam but right now mm-hmm. he, he he doesn't know um 
but at least we get out of this conversation that, that Sam is not Lucifer. So we can check that box off. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. And meanwhile, during all of that, Sam has, he, he went to the morgue to check out the bodies of the people who had been committing suicide and all of the bodies are gone. They're just, they're just vanished. And at first when he was talking to the mortician, I thought there was some like weird thing going on, but no, the bodies have just vanished. Yeah. Like, cause the, the mortician, the, the morgue guy is like, no, they're gone, gone. And Sam's like, gone, gone? And I was like, is somebody having sex with the dead bodies? Like, That's what are exact, you guys talking about? Why do we both about? think that? <laughs> <laughs> because it's supernatural. It was yeah. Sam. Like, he's weird. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Some weird... And, um, he's, fucked a, he's fucked a werewolf. He's fucked a demon. And never fucked a dead body before. I mean... <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? Started from the bottom, and now we're in the grave. Um, oof. Yeah, when, you, when you start at the bottom, you can only get lower. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Dean has gone. Dean has gone to the bar, and uh, he's just drinking like one whiskey. The bartender asks him, "Like, do you want another?" And he's like, "No, I'm working. I can only have one." And um, Sam says, "Sam calls him up and says, like, all these bodies are gone, but I tracked down the very first person that committed suicide in this town, and I'm going to interview her roommate slash relative or whatever. Like, meet me here at this address." And as soon as Dean hangs up the phone, he or- immediately orders another drink. Um, obviously putting off his interaction with Sam. We didn't mention this earlier, but when Sam went off to investigate the, uh, the dentist to find out, like Dean kind of made a thing about staying behind and doing quote unquote research. Yeah, um, he didn't want to go with Sam. It's, you can tell he's, he's getting more and more uncomfortable being around Sam. Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, for his, like the times that we've seen these brothers fight with one another and the, the, you know, whether or not their emotions or their decisions or whatever have come into play. Uh, it's, this is way, way worse. Like seeing just a, a little bit of a distrust between these two, just for, like make them not even want to be around one another or make Dean not want to be around Sam at this point. Cause Sam, as far as we know, just is, is just like a hunter God at this point. Like he's just yeah. holding that L2 for hunter vision and just doing yeah. work. That's all that dude's doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, different take on their relationship dean has been distrusting of sam before but that's when sam was like actively doing bad things and and now he just has this hunch that that sam let him get attacked by the vampire and his behavior is different but there's really nothing else to go on here yeah he's not lucifer but he's not lucifer um and as dean orders the second drink uh the, the chick asks him like i thought you were on duty and he's like i am um, or no, he says, which, uh, I, I thought you were, uh, thought you were working and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this right now. Um, yeah. but really all I, all I want is, a, is another drink and I want the goddamn truth. And, uh, as soon as he says that everything kind of changes and the bartender immediately starts confessing very strange things to him. Like she's afraid that she's not getting pregnant because her marriage is stale. Um, it doesn't help that she's been snorting. Uh, she's, I think she says Oxycontin Oxys. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oxy all day. And, um, it's 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 become very apparent very quickly that Dean, whatever these other people had, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever these other people had to uh, th- make people tell them the truth, that now Dean has it. Dean is quote unquote cursed yeah. with this yeah. true thing. Uh, the, there's another woman in the bar. There's this beautiful woman in the bar who immediately tells Dean, like, I'm only wearing this low cut dress because I want you to look at my breast because I just bought them and I crave attention. Um, which is a weird thing for a, 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 a girl. <laughs> this whole thing is just like, I know why this, they did it. It just feels yeah. so weird. <laughs> it's an interesting situation because they have this woman wearing like, like an evening gown. Um, yeah. That she's going to wear like out she's to- like on a break from fucking prom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's there's her in the background of this whole scene, and then obviously she makes the comment to Dean as he's leaving. But then there's also the reporter on the TV in the background who they like show in focus several times, and obviously that's going to come back up later. But it's just these like they're just like dropping beautiful women everywhere for some reason and like drawing your attention to them. But meanwhile, the the scene is about Dean and has nothing to do with these women at all. So it's just it's mm-hmm. interesting. This is I mean those are the the new directors are in town, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and this is fine. Like, I, I like this idea that people are going to have to tell the truth to Dean, um, especially because the first person he calls to test this theory is Bobby. <laughs> and uh, Bobby starts confessing some really strange things, like how he's really into uh, Tori and Dean, or Tori Spelling and Dean, somebody that I didn't catch, I guess, is some daytime show that was on in 2010 that I have no idea about. Like, I don't know if you yeah, caught this reference Yeah, some reality show, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, more important, more more interestingly, that he goes and gets pedicures, and he starts describing like the the, the Chinese woman that, get, that has strong hands that gives him pedicures. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! And he's he just like, I've never Dean told that, anybody uh, this. Why am I telling you? Yeah, wh- why am I telling you now? Maybe it's because you're my favorite. I mean, Sam is a better hunter. At least he has been lately. Like he just starts <laughs> laying out all of this stuff, um, and it's it's played for comedy, but at the same time, uh, it's one of this like a Twilight Zone situation where you don't actually want to hear people tell the truth about their lives and you don't Mm -hmm. especially don't want to hear people to tell the actual truth of what they think about you like that's terrifying yeah this is a this is quite a trip for dean but he knows exactly what he's going to use this for so he calls sam and he's like hey i'm coming to meet you but uh if you if you get this before i get there you know give me a call back i want to ask you a couple things and um sure enough he he doesn't get the chance to talk to sam but meanwhile we we cut over to him and he's investigating this the room of another dead girl and he finds a cat skull in a box under her bed with a few other witchy artifacts yeah it's 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 really creepy i hate the way this cat skull looks so much it's really bad <laughs> i don't i don't <laughs> like it um and of course when we go back to dean uh, we get a phone call from Lisa, uh, and Dean has been like sporadically calling Lisa throughout this episode since the events of the last episode of the TV show because you know he physically abused her and her son, and he tries to get out of the phone calls like this is the absolute worst time, but she's like no no you you pushed my son like we we are going to talk about this like you were the one trying yeah. to leave me messages so we're going to talk about it now. This is very uncomfortable, uh, but I like the fact that she's that this is dealt with. Um, that she just doesn't let him off the hook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it kind of culminates in her saying, like, hey, I'm really glad that your brother is alive and back, um, but you'll never be happy with him in your life. And ever since he came back, I knew that you were gone, that we, we couldn't be together anymore, because that's what the relationship you and your brother have together is. Um, and she says, I'm close with my sister, but if she were killed, I wouldn't bring her back from the dead. Um and then just kind of ends it with me and Ben. We we can't be in this. We, we can't be in this with you. Like this is this is just too much. And I don't know. if She's we pretty still- vicious about uh, yeah. Sam and Dean. Like if you want to spend a little bit more time on that, when she says they have a completely unhealthy relationship with one another, and mm-hmm. it's it's really vicious. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> she's not wrong. And Dean can't even it's- really explain it. He's like me and Sam. You know, I I, I don't know. It's- 
Sure, we, I think he says, "Sure, we have we have issues." And I'm like, "Dean, you guys Dean. have more issues than fucking super than a uh, Superman comic, man. What the fuck are you talking Dean, about? Issues, please, Dean, please." Uh, but yeah, the, the the kicker here is that she definitely says, "Like, we can't be in this with you anymore," which to me um, sounds like a breakup. Mm-hmm. This sounds like, "Don't call me again," or, or what have you. Like, don't don't do it. And um, they they get off the phone and. Uh, Dean goes and meets Sam and immediately starts questioning Sam about what happened to the vampire scene. And I find I've, I've ragged on Jared a little bit with his acting um, because especially in like in the same room with Misha and um, Jared and the guy who plays Bobby, Jensen. whose name I'm always Jensen, she's like, yeah, and, Jensen um, and Misha Jim Beaver. and Jim Beaver and even the Mark Pellegrinos of the world, like some, some heavy hitters that are on this, that are on stage. Jared sometimes can't keep up with some of the emotional stuff. Jared fucking kills it in this scene because you can tell he's he really does. actively trying to lie to Dean and you can tell that he's surprised when it works mm-hmm. uh, because he's like, I don't rim and he it actually works. He's like, I, I, I froze. I, you know, I just was so stunned and I'm so ashamed of myself and I'm so sorry. And, Dean says, well, like, you know, I, I thought you did this on purpose. Why would you do that? And again, we see this is exactly the same thing Dean, excuse me, Sam did with Samuel in the last episode. He turns it back around on Dean and says, I'm your brother. How could you possibly accuse me of something yeah. like that? Yeah. Like, I mean, not, so, not saying that I did anything wrong, but like just right. literally turning the situation around. Yeah. Shitty this behavior. Is a, an intense an intense scene. I mean, he, Dean is like, well, now I'm going to get the truth no matter what, because even as the audience were like, holy shit. We're about to get the truth from Sam because nobody can lie to Dean anymore. They have to give him, you know, the brutal truth. And yeah, Dean, he comes at him with it. And like you said, Jared, I feel like he, I feel like Jared playing this, this kind of version of Sam is, he's so much better this way. Um, because young Sam, especially he's always, he's just swinging for the fences with his emotions. Cause that's the character. And I think that here he's able to just do a more subtle kind of refined thing. But yeah, I believed him the first time that I heard this. I believed what he was saying because uh, because Dean is like how you know you just said this, but accuses him of, of letting him get turned by the vampire or just watching it happen. And he he says, "I didn't. I froze. I don't know shock." And then I was too late. I feel terrible about it. Dean, I can't lie here. Do you think I'd let that happen on purpose? You're my brother, and Dean, God damn it, Jensen, you son of a bitch. He says, "Okay." And he stops him. And Jensen is just like in tears. Like he, it's that, that I, I'm not going to break down, but I'm really close to crying right now. And just the, you know, rubbing his head like, okay, it's just been a really, really bad day. I'm sorry, man. I believe you. And I believe that Dean believes him here. And this is like, I almost got choked up watching it. Cause Dean is just for that one moment, Dean really, he, he trusts Sam and he believes him again. And he heard exactly what he needed to hear and and jared or excuse me sam says i got your back i always have and dean just says thanks sam and it's that just he means it so much when he says thanks sam again it's exactly what he needed and then sam turns away from him and the fucking expression on his face just draws back into this like fuck this shit like he just conveys to the camera to us to the audience that he just lied his fucking pants off to dean and i'm like sam you son of a bitch. How are you going to do this to me? I trusted you. I believed in you. I thought everything was going to be okay between my boys again. And you lied. How did you lie, though? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> really worked. I want to talk. I can, I can tell, and I agree. Like I, I want to second everything that you're saying, and uh, because I don't, I don't have much to add to that. But I want to go back to to Dean's appearance during this because it's such a, like you said, he was almost in tears, and he is. Like his eyes are like kind of red rimmed, and they're they're very moist. Like these, like he has been crying or he's about to cry, and it's very three whiskeys deep. Listening to the the old country song that reminds you of the girl that left you behind, right? Like it's it's <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely that like on the verge of an emotional breakdown because, you know, despite everything that they've been through, um, Sam was at least acting in a, in a predictable behavior in a predictable pattern. Like if he's on demon blizzy, he's on demon blizzy and he's going to be unpredictable, but at least we know there's a cause and a, and a solution like, okay, Dean or Sam has drinks demon blizzy. We get him off of demon blizzy and he's normal. Sam here. Normal. Sam is all of a sudden completely a stranger to him. And it's, Slowly over the course of these, um, I think we're on episode seven now. Um, yeah, six. Over the course of these six episodes, like this strain on this relationship, Dean having to constantly question and wonder and not get these answers. He's not getting anything from his usual sources like Bobby. It's it's just put him so, on so much. It's put him on such under tremendous pressure. Add to that the Lisa and Ben stuff. Add to that the drinking. Like and then to have this happen and to have to take it at face value and. Kudos to Dean because there's no way that I would have taken this at face value. Like, I agree with you that I believe in this moment that Dean believes him, but and and we're going to learn as much just in just a little bit that he was actually telling the truth. But man, that that would be a hard sell for me. Like, I don't know that yeah. I, I just because I, I don't trust Sam at this point. Like, Sam I is such a, a untrustworthy it's, fool. Yeah, it's literally just because he believes that Sam is unable to lie to him because of this magic stuff. Yep. Under that's, any that's other it. circumstance, he would never he he would be calling his bullshit. Um, but even as the viewer, I was kind of taken back the first time I watched this episode, thinking like, okay, here we go. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the cold hard truth from Sam. We're gonna find out what's going on. And then he says that, and I was like, but what? Huh? I don't wait. <laughs> but you're lying. And then he turns around. And of course, you you see it. But for that brief moment, I wanted to believe that everything was gonna be okay. And then from here, we get, like, the, the five to ten minute chunk of, like, the boys doing the case, finally. And they just, like, piece everything together very quickly. I mean, piece everything together. They make wild leaps into the ether that happen to be right. <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous. They figure like, out Sam that Sam puts this- together, this is the goddess Veritas, and then... Yep. Uh, that demands, like, tribute in the form of suicide victims, which we've seen. And then Dean is like, oh, wait... Uh, you know, she would be an attention whore. And what's a modern day attention whore? Oh, a newscaster. And I just happened to see one of those in the bar today. It's so fucking ridiculous. And then they steal that instead of being a news anchor, I guess it would be like a YouTube star. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they steal like a video computer from the news Mm -hmm. station and go through like Mm -hmm. all of her old videos or something. And finally, because this goddess, this Veritas goddess is, um, she's, she's associated with cats and like she hates dogs or whatever. There's a, there's a a clip where she's getting barked at by a dog. And as she like looks back at the dog, her eyes flash blue. And that's confirmation enough for them to break into this woman's house and try to stab her to death. They do the, uh, enhance, (laughs) enhance, (laughs) (laughs) enhance. And they just zoom in. Meanwhile, it's just it's it's Sam doing the investigating while Dean like hangs out and eats pizza, and it shows like a time lapse of them of working on this, 
and Dean just moves around the room like a normal person, but Sam just stays like glued to that one spot, staring at the laptop, waiting until he finally yeah, finds true. the evidence that they need. And then they break into this chick's house because why the hell not? I, uh, I, I've talked. We've talked about this before. Well, the this the thin ass evidence that they proceed to mm-hmm. go and break into somebody's house and murder them with, and like obviously it's a TV show, so it ends up being true 99.9% of the time. Like the one time it wasn't, they immediately like fled that poor woman's apartment <laughs> and went to, to a different house. But um, like, it's, it's fine. But outside this woman's house, Sam just opens up a giant bottle of uh dog's blood that he has laid mm-hmm. around. And there's even like this exchange where Dean is like, do I even want to know where you got that? And Sam's like, no, Sam, are you are you murdering dogs and collecting you know their what? blood? Sam is trying. He he just tries to work efficiently, Sam? And, and and going around killing dogs is not a very efficient thing to do. What? So I'm what just class gonna say, did they teach you that? I'm just gonna say that he went to to the vet and he collected some uh, blood off of a, a dog that had already passed away, and and that's my headcanon for this because there's no way that any form of Sam Winchester is killing a dog on my watch. Why do you think that the vet stores giant jars of dead dog blood? He's just he broke that's, in and he just like he just stole a dead dog. You know what, Jeremy? I don't know. I don't go to a lot of vets. So he's killing he's killing dog he's killing stray dogs and draining them with their blood. And I don't want to talk about it, it anymore. In the Impala, Chris. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, um, but that's the idea. They can they coat this knife with uh, dog blood and they can stab her and she'll die. So they so they break in. And of course, like this does not go go right. Like they no. almost immediately find her. Um, they almost immediately find her like room of body storage or whatever. Like this really brilliantly marbled room full of yeah. dead bodies hanging from the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. Like, why would you put your abattoir like next to your next to your dining room? That's not the. That's not what you want to do. You want to get those two places far away from each other. These 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 ancient gods. You know, they're all freaks. Hmm. Uh, but we meet Veritas, who's all dolled up in uh, what can only be described as like some screenwriter slash costume design idea of like old Greek question yeah. mark. <laughs> 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 like put some flowers, like put her in a in a toga or whatever. <laughs> put put some flowers in her hair; she'll be fine. So she obviously ties the boys up, and like immediately. <laughs> Sam pulls out a knife just to let us know that, like, don't worry, they're working on it. They're going to be working on it throughout the scene. But now she's got some time to pontificate with our with our hunks here, and she knows that whatever she asks them, they have to tell the truth because that's kind of like her whole thing. And she she says like, "You two are the gold standard of liars." So like, let's have this conversation. And she starts asking first, Dean, how do you really feel about your brother? And this is this is where we're getting into the meat and potatoes of this encounter because Dean says, "Well." better now but as of yesterday i wanted to kill him in his sleep i thought he was a monster but now i think he's just acting like me it's the gig you're covered in blood until you're covered in your own blood what i'm good at is slicing throats i'm not a father i'm a killer these are all dean's self-doubts and everything negative that he's experienced especially over the last two episodes just just coming to the forefront because he has to say it um, interesting to, for him to just come out and say like, yeah, yesterday I wanted to kill Sam today. I think I'm, I'm okay. I think that he's just as fucked up as I am and I need to just deal with that now. And that's proof that when Sam told him, no, I didn't, I didn't just watch you get turned that he 100% believed him, right? Like mm-hmm. that he absolutely mm-hmm. believed Sam when he said that. And the fact that Dean is, is tearing himself up inside because, you know, Dean wants to be a father figure. 
he's he's been a father figure to Sam or he's kind of propped himself up that way for a long time. Even during season five when we saw that relationship kind of um, become more on a on a level playing field, so to speak, as Dean said, you know, I have to let you go. Like you have to be able to do whatever. Um, he's been Sam's father figure for so long that he can't help but feel responsible now that Sam is like this. That he, he he is because of his ineptitude that Sam is now this weird, strange person that he doesn't know and that he can barely relate to and that he thinks is a monster. And that's a personal failing for Dean, just like his abuse of Lisa and, and Ben is a personal failing. And that leads to him believing that like there's no other escape from mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I can do to get away from this. My life is just going to be blood and blood and blood until I'm covered in my own blood. And it's a very depressing thing, and it's very sad because we almost immediately find out that it's not true, <laughs> that yeah. Sam is actually actively lying to the audience and to <laughs> so, Dean. Yeah. Veritas goes up to Sam, and she uh, she asks him how he feels about you know the band getting back together, him and, him and Dean hunting together. And Sam says, look, what we do is hard, but we watch out for each other, and that's what's important. And that's it. That was the truth. And she's just like, uh... No, no, actually she freaks out and she says, screams, no, how are you doing that? That, that is impossible. What the hell are you? Um, and Sam says he doesn't know what, what she's talking about, but she accuses him of not being human. And before she can get any further, she says, what are you? And she looks at Dean and goes, what is he? And then she says, you're not human. And before it can go any further, Sam cuts himself loose, finally attacks her, um, just in time um, to or, or Dean gets free just in time to, to save Sam and stab her through the back. Then Sam, Sam stabs her through the front. And they're able to de- defeat this because th- this little battle does not matter. What matters is what no, happens not at afterwards. All. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about, but since she's dead now, I do want to say that her reaction to Sam, why to her face, mm-hmm. is real believable to me. Yeah. Like, I like this actress a lot. Like she And she's gone on to be in like a lot of stuff. Like I looked her up later. Her name is Sorinda Swan, and she's been in like some shit. Like she's the she's one of the leads in that inhuman show and she's been in like ballers and graceland all kinds of stuff like she's a really good actress and her she really sells this complete disbelief that like i am literally the goddess of truth nobody has ever lied to me before who what the fuck are you it's so good she's just so the fact that 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 somebody like her could could be surprised by sam is just like I mean, that's every red flag we got is just being thrown out onto the field on this one because something is, something's wrong here. And as soon as they've defeated her, Dean turns the knife on Sam. And he, he wants some goddamn answers because that's... He now realizes that Sam lied to him earlier and he was just lying just now. And Sam finally has to come clean with it at knife point. What else can he do? And he says, okay, 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 whatever. She was right. There is something wrong with me, and I've known it for a while. I lied to you, I let you get turned, but I knew that there was a cure, and we needed in that nest. Even now, he's trying to rationalize what he did as if it just makes sense that it's fine that he did this. Because he's yep. like, well, we had, a, we had a cure, so like, who cares? But yeah, he said, we needed it in that nest, and I knew you could handle it. He's just justifying these things. And Dean, understandably, is like, I could have died. I could have killed Ben. Um, that should... Or, Sam says, and that should stop me cold, but I just don't feel it. That this is this is our biggest thing. Like he says, he he doesn't he doesn't feel bad. He doesn't give a shit about any of this. He says, I I should feel it, um, but I just don't. Ever since I came back, I'm a better hunter than I have ever been. Nothing scares me anymore because I can't feel it, and I don't know what's wrong with me. 
And then this last line here where he says, I think I need help is the, is the one line out of that whole thing that just does not feel honest whatsoever. It feels yep. like that is Agreed. what he's saying to get out of the situation. Some of what he just said before that really does feel like he's coming clean, coming clean out of necessity. But then the, I think I need help. That is a lie right there. Um, because I don't think that he means it when he says, I think I need help. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, think that he needs help. Agree. He thinks that he's great. He thinks he's doing just fine. And oh man, Dean puts the knife down. He's come he out looks, of that cage, Chris. He he's looks, feeling just fine. He's feeling just fine. <laughs> Dean puts that knife down looking real sad. And then just beats the living shit out of Sam. It is just like jump cuts between his fist hitting Sam's face. And every time you think that he stopped, he hits him again. And then he hits him again. And then just like a long pause, a big wind up, and one last just furious hit to Sam's face. And then the credits and the episode is over. Yeah, this is, this is some pretty powerful stuff because continuing in our trend for season six, like we don't really have a good resolution. Like the monster of the week got killed. Like they took care of that. Um, but the, the relationship between these brothers, the, the ongoing meta plot, like nothing is really resolved and it seems like it's in a worse place than it started. It seems like ever since Sam revealed his presence to Dean, the relationship has deteriorated constantly throughout the episodes. So it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Finally culminating in Dean just literally beating the shit out of Sam Winchester. Like, bloody in his face. Like, Sam beat him during the finale of season five, right? Like, it's very evocative of mm-hmm. that. Same kind of cut and everything. And this, this Sam's ability to attempt to manipulate Dean through these lies, through this deceit, and also using real emotions is... I think Dean finally breaks through and, and and sees that like all of his doubts are finally confirmed and it just royally pisses him off because look what he's lost since Sam came back in his life and look how, and look how well Sam has, has manipulated him into abandoning Lisa and Ben abandoning all of his other connections, putting him in a position of distrust with the rest of the so-called family that they have and also kind of dragging him through these, this, this hunter's life and putting him in a place where he doesn't have time to answer questions because they're in life or death situations. I think all of that comes congeals in, in Dean's head and he realizes he's been manipulated for this entire, this entire year so far. I don't know how, yeah, like yeah. we don't really get an, an a- accurate way of telling time, but at least a couple of months you would figure. And it's, and he just reacts violently, which isn't the appropriate way to react, but it's, you know, that this is how these brothers deal with each other a lot is, is reacting violently to things. So I, I'm not surprised to see Dean do it. Uh, it, it kind of hurts me inside that it happens though. Yeah. Um, this is just so much frustration and anger and just betrayal all just coming out right here. And this, this is, um, like you said, it's reminiscent of the, of the fight in season five. And in a way it's reminiscent of the fight in season four. But God, he just hits him when he's down over and over again. This is a new level of Dean. <laughs> this is a whole new level of Dean, and he can't ever rip it out or hashtag scrub it clean. Are you are you expecting me to go to go can I go Dean side or something, Chris? He think he went Dean side on us. Yeah, this is this is not good. And uh, again, like there's no resolution to this. Um, like that, we get credits after this. Yeah, you know, we go from Sam's bloody face to Dean's incredibly angry face, and then immediately into credits. So we don't really know what's going to happen. And I, I remember watching this season because I was still in the mode where I was I was watching these week to week and getting extremely excited and just being like, what in the fuck is going on with this show? Yeah. Like, just <laughs> tell me already. I was so I just wanted to know. Yeah, that was. 
I always looked forward to the you know next episode of Supernatural next week, but this is where I was like fucking clamoring for it. I I wanted a new episode because I I wanted so badly to find out what the hell was going on. This is this is really really good. I'd, I again our our episodes are they're not exactly happy, uh, but you know I, our monster of the week is pretty good here, mm-hmm. and uh, I you know I, I like the idea of this you know this goddess forcing these things to happen and you know becoming more powerful in the absence of the apocalypse or in the um yeah in the absence of the apocalypse and dean and, and sam having to chase her down while dealing with all of this brother drama and uh you know again it's still being filmed and directed and written competently and this i think was kind of an interesting episode and of course it culminates in something that we're going to be is more into our meta plot which i would definitely want to know more about but i, I I'm, I'm very satisfied with the actual episode by itself mm-hmm. in both mm-hmm. of these same so far, so good in season six. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, what? Do you have any last thoughts on this episode? No, uh, I think I'm good. This is, even now, I've seen it before, but I can't wait to watch the next episode. Same. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I was looking through to see if I could find some funny trivia, but it's so fucking basic. <laughs> it's just so... It's, the title of this episode is rest, referencing the movie A Few Good Men. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> trivia. Really appreciate that. Um, well, this has been Monster of the Week for this week. We'll be back next week with two more episodes, with episodes seven and eight. Uh, those are looking to be some good stuff, so I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to watching those. Um, this weekend and getting into them next week. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for leaving iTunes reviews. That's really nice. Uh, iTunes makes it really impossible to find stuff nowadays. So every single iTunes review, uh, really helps us out. Even if you just want to go in and click like the rating button, that can actually boost us up in the charts a little bit and get some more exposure of the show, which helps us because we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash monster of the week that we're using to grow the show. Like we want to do more of this stuff and, uh, we want to be able to do, a, a lot more of this stuff, whether it's about mm-hmm. comic books, TV shows, other shows, everything in between. Um, so if you like this show, you can support us directly doing that or by leaving reviews. Chris, am I forgetting anything? No, I think that book covers it. Cool. Uh, follow us at monster of the week. Cool. And that has links to all of our social media. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Cool. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Could you hear me before? No, I literally did not hear you before you said. Okay, that. well, my mic was off, so I was just, that w- it would have been weird if you could hear me. That would have been very strange. Were you saying something weird? Were you talking bad about me? No, I was going hello. Were you talking shit, Chris Mosher? Is that what you were doing? Were you talking some Thanksgiving shit? Hello. Were you, were you talking turkey shit about I was me? Talking some, some turkey shit. Motherfucker, you turkey fucking motherfucker. What's up? NMU. <laughs> what? I don't. Not up-dog? much, you. Updog? I don't understand. <laughs> what is this? What does NMU mean? Updog? Not much, you.
J. Wait, what was the other one? Um, N M J C U, but they all just letters. That's how we used to talk on AIM. <laughs> so you go, you go. What's up? And then somebody would wait, say, J C, no, just no, just chilling. I don't care about any of this. I just want to know for a fact that you and your sure. friends called it A I M. No, I called it AIM, but I didn't know <laughs> if anybody else like did the abbreviation. Was it in the I think my sister, older sister, I think used to say A I M. I don't remember. Um, so I, I just went with the, the literal abbreviation of it. Do you remember your ICQ number? What the fuck is an ICQ number? <sighs> I, I had a I screen to, name, Jeremy. I have to... Have to, <sighs> have to... I have to just calm myself from... What do you mean, what is an ICQ number? You know what ICQ is, right? Like, you're an internet boy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus fucking Christ. Because <laughs> you know, we both have work in the morning, so you, just, oh, you both have work in the morning. That sucks. Yep, yep. So I'm just like driving down for the afternoon and then coming back. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Sometimes I sit in traffic for an hour coming home from work, so it's not mm-hmm, that much different. Mm-hmm. And um, if, when you're coming home from work, you haven't seen your girl, so that's this, true. It will automatically be better. I talk to you more than I talk to Jess, except for the weekends. I, I like hope that's not true. <laughs> It's 100% true. During this week, the week... This week might actually be... Because we've, we're recording twice this week. But I'm, ass- yeah, I'm assuming true. that you guys talk on the phone quite a bit. We do talk on the phone every day, but sometimes it's only for like a minute. You know? Sometimes sometimes I'll talk to her for an hour, but a lot of times is We have completely different schedules. And then like by the time I get done recording or something, like she's going to sleep. And mm-hmm. then so I'll just be like, all right, good night. Um, it's fine. I mean, we're used to it. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I text you more because she doesn't have her phone at work all day. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, and, and you and I are, are both on that fucking yeah. iOS messaging app all the fucking <laughs> yeah. time. It's and ridiculous. She, uh, whenever she starts doing anything, she puts her phone down like a regular person, and me, like, I'll be playing a video game in one hand and have my phone in the other hand, because I'm fucking addicted to social media. <laughs> I can't, um, what, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, watch Near Ending E and not be looking at Twitter at the same time? Yeah, you Yoko? think I'm not going to miss... <laughs> Every critical moment of Supernatural and have to go back. Well, actually, with Supernatural, it's because I'm usually taking notes and then I have to rewind to watch Dean cry, which is I, what uh, I just did earlier. I'm going to be honest with you. I do that a lot. Like, I, I, yeah. I'll be writing some shit down and be like, I have to pause it because my notes aren't keeping up. I can't write this mm-hmm. fast. I need to learn short Supernatural shorthand. I know. I think I need to just switch to using a notebook and not trying to type because the autocorrect is a killer. If I type something wrong and it, like I spell something wrong, sometimes I'll leave it, but other times I'm like, nah, I gotta fix it or I'll be confused two days from now when we record. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to just do just write write by hand. I, no typos then. It'll just be chicken scratch. You do not want to see me like do some handwritten notes. It is god awful. It is it is so bad. I uh, I was always really bad at spelling. When we had to take like spelling quizzes as kids, I was just not. I could not fucking spell anything. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to be an English major, and I read a whole lot, but I still am not very great at spelling. I'm a little bit better now. But there would be like, we'd be taking um, tests for my English classes, but they basically just, you know, essays. And whenever I'd get to a word that I wasn't totally sure how to spell, you'd be like, all right, um, Definitely, which I actually don't know how to spell definitely, but, but the, as an example, I'm like, I'm going to get the D, I'm going to get the T, and I'm going to get the L-Y at the end. Everything else in between is just scribbles, and then the teacher can just <laughs> figure it out through context. Because <laughs> I can't spell shit. Uh, I was really good at spelling, but my handwriting, like, I almost got held back in grade school because of my handwriting. 
Like they wanted, like I had like A's across the board except for handwriting class, which looking back on it, first grade elementary, hey, hey, mm-hmm. Rustin Elementary, that's some bullshit classes that you had. Yeah, that you're we had to do the same shit. And my parents said D that I used to just like, I used to like scream and like kick shit and just get like throw fits because I didn't want to fucking write in cursive. And I was like, nobody writes like this. This is baloney. I can't even read it. <laughs> wow, this you're a millennial ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just hated it I was, because I was so bad at it. I just couldn't do it right. And I would always get it wrong. And my teacher would always get mad at me and my hand would hurt because I was just, I'm just, I was an idiot. It was nobody else's fault. I was just an idiot. And I would just like rip up my paper and then hand it in like that. I'd be like, fuck off, teacher. Yeah, it's ripped because I erased it so many times. Um, <laughs> and they were like, listen, when you get to middle school, this is the teachers won't accept homework that isn't in cursive. And then I got to middle school and they're like, when you get to high school, you're going to have to write in cursive. And then I got to high school and they're like, please don't write in cursive. We do not we want you to do it. that anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody is good at this and we hate it. <laughs> it literally was like my senior year that they were like, why don't we just try typing stuff? Do you guys know how to use keyboards? <laughs> I, uh, it was a, this is ironic since it's, we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving, but, uh, I remember going to a Thanksgiving like to family affair, um, or maybe it was maybe this had to be Christmas because I was like out of school for a little while. But I had made bad grades, right? Like I'd made the, my bad like grade in handwriting, and my great grandmother, who I love very dearly, but this really frustrated me. Like took me away from the Christmas or Thanksgiving celebration of like all of my family, my cousins, and everybody having a good time to like go write lines on the master <laughs> on the dining room table or whatever <laughs> to go like practice my handwriting. I'm like, you have got to be because she was a. I mean, like, she was a school teacher for you know, 60, 70 years or something. Like, I still meet people who are like, your grandma was Ma Alice, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she was. Well, she was my first grade teacher. I'm like, that's weird because you were 70 years old, and that's strange. Uh, but, yeah, she, she, Homegirl straight up made me write lines on my, like, vacation because she was worried that I was going to be held back in the first grade. Because, like, literally, straight A's in, like, reading, spelling, math, like, ahead of the curve on everything except for, like, dumbass cursive writing or whatever. That's real stupid. They should have just put you in an art class. Told you to hone your handwriting that way. Oh, oof. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't, definitely did not happen. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen the logo for Don't Give Up Skeleton, but... Uh, <laughs> it's it's my favorite, so don't even trash it. <laughs> my little skeleton that I created it's in, so like, good. five minutes. <laughs> It's very good. I don't know if I ever told you that, but uh, like my, I had like a cover, not a cover art, but like I had commissioned some art from a person, and uh, like it's supposed to have been done like a couple of weeks before the first episode came mm-hmm. out. And at that point, like I was kind of set in my schedule. I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do it this way. And uh, th- that person just totally disappeared. <laughs> like just wow. like, stopped answering everything. So like the night before, I'm like, okay, I've got this Apple Pencil. I've got an iPad Pro. <laughs> I've got pictures of skeletons, and I'm going to do a thing. <laughs> well, I I think it worked out in your favor because it's it's just a very endearing little guy. You know, you want to tell that skeleton not to give up. If he was perfect and anatomically correct, you'd be like, okay, you're doing fine. You know, you don't need any encouragement. But that that's that's a don't give up skeleton right there. I don't think I think that you only say that because you haven't seen that skeleton's feet because I cropped the skeleton's feet out of the. <laughs> I don't ever want to see that skeleton's feet either. That's a secret. So That's up to me to imagine. You're telling me that you definitely want to see those feet. Okay, hold on a second. I definitely want to see those feet if it's if that means that, that, that it's on a t-shirt. If we're getting the whole thing on a t-shirt. Let me see. Okay, here. This is this is the picture. Give me them feet. Congratulations on episode 100, by the way. Thank you very much. It was great. It was a great episode. You know, what's funny is every time that he um, was like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm... Uh, 
losing my train of thought. Those feet are fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Those um, are bad feet. <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I love them. I love everything about this. Uh, what he was saying. Um, <laughs> he's this little guy. Does don't Jeremy stop asking questions. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please. Continue. This could not have come out any better. <laughs> when he when he was saying like he was getting off track or losing his train of thought, and then he would cut it out, like he would get off track with like eleven metaphors telling you that he was off track. And I was like, this guy is <laughs> this guy is a writer. Like that's what he is. He is so much a writer. It's so funny. Which is not oh, an man. insult. It's just like yeah, you 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 write. I can tell because <laughs> that's the way you talk. He's uh, he just likes to like and like at the end of it, I cut a bunch of this out. Like we talked for another fifteen or twenty minutes, and he's like, yeah. I'm going to start a podcast and I'm, I'm really excited about it, but like, I'm so parent because as you can tell, I just ramble and I was like, Jason, I'm just, I'm gonna you didn't cut that straight. out, Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> was, was it still in, the in there? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just do the thing like that. People yeah. will find this endearing. Like people will mm-hmm. listen to you talk. I promise you. So yeah, no, he seemed like a great guy. Uh, I was saying, I'm really excited about the watch out for fireballs on the Witcher three. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm glad that they liked it so much. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a, just a huge jerk-off ceremony, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited about if it. If it wasn't, I don't think I'd be able to listen to it. I can't handle criticism of things I love. <laughs> I saw you in that like 87-tweet-long thread uh, of people just going like, just Jala making fun of people. You were like, yeah, I poked my head in on this thread, and you guys are insulting my boys, and I'm out. I don't want to be a yeah. part of this. Yeah, <laughs> like I literally, like, I can't handle it. I'm too sensitive. I'm, like, I would just get mad. <laughs> I saw one thing that Mai wrote, and she said something nice, I liked it, and then I was like, oh, what is this thread? And I went through it, and I was like, oh, no. Nope, nope. I don't need nope, to be nope, in nope. here. Like, I don't know I don't know Jala at all. I don't need to be messing around in here. <laughs> like, Jala is a very nice person who has literally never let me forget that the first time we met each other in, 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 in meat space, in, in IRL, if yeah. you will, um, she said, Hey, give me a whiskey drink. And I was like, actually, let me rephrase that. I was like, Hey Jala, we know each other from the internet. Woo. And gave her a big hug. Cause I had, I was like four whiskey drinks deep at that point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, gave her a big hug. And I was like, let me buy you a drink. And she's like, give me a whiskey drink. And I was like, no problem. So I went to the bartender and I was like, like, I've never met this chick before. Right. Like I've never, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what she drinks. Like we know each other from the internet. Like, could you tell me like anything about my drinking habits? Well, you probably could from Twitter. Let me rephrase I could tell you that. A lot, Jeremy. <laughs> I could tell you there's a problem, uh, but I got I didn't know anything about this chick's like drinking habits. So I said, give her, give me a whiskey sour. And uh, apparently, like she's just just that she hates whiskey sours. <laughs> she just hates them. Oh she yeah, I saw them- people like dunk it on whiskey sours. Yeah, she calls them bitch drinks, and, mm-hmm. and like, I can't believe you got me a bitch drink, and so she's never let me forget it, and I'm like, I bought you a fucking drink at this overpriced, yeah. like, arcade bar, like, the first time I met you. Maybe I remember, uh, that's <laughs> how everybody, thanks. that's how everybody acts with, like, with, I'm just gonna use that term, bitch drinks, they're always like, oh, wow, get me, like, a real man's drink, or whatever, and then I remember going, I went to a bar, for, like, the first time I had, like, gone out with Steve, who doesn't really drink, uh, and we, he was like, I kind of want an apple teeny. And he just ordered an apple teeny. He was like, "This is delicious. You can drink your shitty beer over there." Like, cool guy, whatever. I'm drinking this apple teeny. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. And I was like, it's "Wow, a move. Yeah. That's a million times more manly than what I'm trying to do over here. Like acting cool, ordering a Manhattan. Like, no. So that's I definitely heavily resent the idea of people judging others for what they drink. Because you know what, Steve had a way better time than I did. And me and my fucking cool guy over here. My Chris is over there choking down like, an old fashioned. Yeah, it tastes like wood, but like that's fine. And he's like, I'm having a great time. So I had, I, was, to, I had to learn to check myself. 
one time I was at a bar and um, I was like, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm in the mood for like a martini. And the chick was like, you, you, she goes, I'm, I make a really good dirty martini. You like a dirty martini? And I was like, fuck yeah, girl. The dirtier, the better. Let's get it on. <laughs> and Chris, I I don't know what I thought a dirty martini was <laughs> at the, before this. Uh, but like when I like a martini, basically like a martini is just like cold gin or cold vodka. That's what a martini is to me. Maybe some vermouth mixed in. Literally nothing else in that motherfucker. I don't like olives or anything else. I didn't realize a dirty martini was just a bunch of shitty olive juice up mm-hmm. in that alcohol. Yeah, get get your olives out of here. Oh man, it was so gross. And like she was so proud of it, and she was like, "I do the best dirty martinis." And I was like, "Yes, absolutely, girl." You, these yeah, are- you were like olive. None of those olives, or I'll uh, I'll have. How do you make I'll yeah. have and sound like olive? Olive, none of that. Olive, what she's oliving. <laughs> Right, right. No, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was ill prepared for the dirty martini. See, the first time that I went to this like dive bar, sports bar, I might have even told you this before. I ordered an old fashioned because I wanted to be cool, and the lady was like, "No, <laughs> like, no." <laughs> There's a, a million people here. I'm not like, you're not an, at some artisanal bar. I'm not cutting up an orange for you. Just order a fucking drink. I was like, let's just have like a Jack of Coke, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, she put man. me in my place and I deserved it. I definitely deserved it. I'd like a, a Long Island iced tea, please. Yeah, I'll actually just have um, one water. <laughs> <laughs> warm water. I'll have, oh, just warm have- water with a little Earl Gary on the side, please. Yeah, I got a <laughs> Have some warm water with no ice and uh, no straw, please. Just the plastic cup. Thank you. <laughs> no straw. I'm just gonna drink it. Oh, no lid. Stay away. No lid. <laughs> Can I have an open water bottle? And you keep the cap, please. <laughs> oh man, bars are the worst and the best. Yeah, I haven't been to a bar in a long time. I hate going out. <laughs> I'm going to quote the Kanye line. Um, my presence Please. is a present. Kiss my ass. As he, uh, he is uh, wont to say. That's a um, good one. My, my sister used to be a big fan of that one. She used to say it to me a lot. I'm like, I, I don't, you can go. I don't care. <laughs> what am I? Um, what's the other one? Uh, something about this fake ass. Course Let's of break out of this fake ass party. Yeah. Turn this into one. a classic night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one of my favorites is um, Mo Money. I think that's a Kanye mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Mo Money, Mo Just, Money. Um, Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo I used money. to be a big Kanye fan. I went through a weird... Well, this should surprise nobody that I went through a weird stage of depression um, in my 20s. So I'm still in my 20s. But it was early 20s. It was like 21, 22. <laughs> this and was a different stage of depression. It was a, diff- it was a different form of depression because I could drink now. Um, and my like a coping mechanism was listening to to Kanye, and I listened to Watch the Throne a lot because it was so bombastic and like so into itself that listening to that, like I got to like I gained some sort of weird confidence through it, um, mm-hmm. and I, it it didn't last, but like it was a weird thing, and I and then looking back on it, I was like, yeah, I was like. I was trying to like find a different version of myself and not just listen to mopey music all the time, and it was uh, it was interesting. Poor, just all the people around me who constantly had to listen to it because they were near me is that's that's just what I feel bad about. So, Chris, I'm going to tell you this: I unironically like Kanye's music. Like, no, me, me uh, too. I have I went to a Kanye West concert, man. <laughs> like, I was excuse into me, 
Yeah. Tell me about the Kanye West concert. Did he did he just like put his back to the to the audience at the entire time? He didn't do he didn't do anything weird the whole time. He just um, made it was just a normal concert. I mean, it was it wasn't a normal concert, but he didn't like pull any stunts other than like what was planned. It was um, during the Yeezus tour. And he came out. Oh my out. god! Are you serious, Chris? I'm dying right now. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Who- and he ca- he came out wearing a crystal mask, so he looked like a Dark Souls boss. And he just like he ca- he like I don't know. I'm trying to remember it all now because there was like people crawling around like these little monsters. Like they were all like in full like black suit things, like uh, suits with like these fur masks on, with just these. T- glowing red eyes and they were just crawling around the stage and it was this big white pyramid thing that kept moving around and then he came up on it with the mask on this crystal again crystal mask that probably cost more than everything else in the building and just started like just being kanye and he was standing there in a beam of light while there was just uh like choir music playing oh what's the intro song to that uh album uh, 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 fucking uh beam the we were on it yeah beam when it like it stops for a second what is the, and, like yeah yeah we i'm gonna play it hold on uh a let's like beam something maybe we're on a something beam that's the fucking oh, no, that's the, it's on site it's on site because that's uh ultra light beam is the is ultra the newest album beam. yeah but on site was the one where he the did newest one right is Jesus, right no, it's, um, Jesus was the last one with, like, um, was on Black Skinhead was on that, New Slaves was on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the the all, new all, one all is, the, um, Life of Pablo. Oh, Life of Pablo is good, too. I like, I like yeah. Life of Pablo. Jesus is good, though. But, Ye- oh, yeah, the intro to Jesus is good. Oh, yeah, okay, so, like, a minute into this song, let me see. I'm just gonna That's play the one with Daft Punk, yeah. Yeah. All right, so he's he's got his crystal mask on. This part, he just let it run for like two whole minutes, and he just stood there in this one beam of light while everything else was dark. And then out of nowhere, it just like dropped back into the song. And he just went wild. There was yeah, a lot of dope. there was a lot of Kanye just like very emotionally screaming while he was rapping, and it was kind of awesome. My sister was like, because I went with my sister, she got me tickets for my birthday. Um, which is a weird thing to do with your sister, go see Kanye, but it was fun. Um, and yeah, he, he just was, he was just in it. And he was all about his performance, he didn't like pull any shit, like I said. Uh, Kendrick Lamar opened for him, so that was pretty cool. It was a, it was a hell of an experience. Fucking Kendrick Lamar, are you fucking, are you messing with yeah. me? <laughs> like, did Jake not messing with a you. script? <laughs> no! <laughs> this happened, this was real. And I can't, it, the name of the song is, um... I can't think of it, but the the song where she just goes, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember that because what the fuck song is that? It doesn't matter. Um, he every time he made that sound, fire would like shoot out of the stage, and it was incredible. <laughs> it was a great time. There's a uh, there's two ideas that I've heard recently that I think will really uh, break us out of this podcast game. Uh, the first was I was contemplating getting a uh, iPhone X or iPhone 10 recently, Ooh. and and somebody was telling me that uh, like I could use I could do the Animoji thing and just record an entire podcast <laughs> and, and release a podcast like with a little bear talking to us. What the? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do you know? What, have you seen this Animoji bullshit? Have you, I you think know I know about? what you're talking. I think I know what you're talking you, about. Yeah, you like talk into the, the thing, and the camera makes like your like an, an, an like an emoji like talk for like you can make poop yeah, talk yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like it'd be your jam. 
but the second cool thing that I've ever heard is like maybe we could just set up a fireworks machine and every time we said the word hunks, it would just blow would fire. <laughs> I think we need to look into this. But yeah, man, I saw Kanye. <laughs> That's way better than I think. I'm trying to think of like the biggest concert that I ever went to, and um, that was probably the biggest concert I ever went to. Like I saw Lil Wayne. Uh, that was pretty good. That's good. That was supposed to be his like farewell tour. So all that went to jail. Just, <laughs> yeah, it was his farewell before he got to jail. He was going to start his skateboarding career. Is like, oh, that's right. right before that. Yeah. So all that meant was like he didn't play like any of his popular songs. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen Tool a couple of times. Uh, I've seen Tori Amos several times. Tori is oh. really good. Really, really good live. Live. Excuse me. I saw her, saw her at the Orpheum Theater, which was really, really fantastic. It's this beautiful theater that's like this huge dome in New Orleans. Not, really not the Orpheum Theater in Boston, I assume. No, no. I have not been to any concerts <laughs> in Boston that I, um, I, have that been, I remember. I've been to the Orpheum many times. You know that band Neutral Milk Hotel? Have you ever heard of them? I do. Yeah. <laughs> the only way that I remember that band is that uh, that skit. Oh, not skit, but that. From Parks uh, and Rec. Show, Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. would you stay on your honeymoon? The Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that band. They did a little reunion. I saw them at the Orpheum here, which I imagine is very similar to the Orpheum you were at. They're these kind of like classical mm-hmm. looking theaters that like bands. Exactly. Play yeah. I've been. Uh, I texted Autumn that you saw Kanye and Kendrick Lamar open for you. Yeah. <laughs> and and she made two comments. Uh, the first of which was, "You should have uh, shape shifted into Jess." And gone with him in her place, and then she corrected herself. Or said, she goes, well, "Wait a minute, no, no, go with go go with Dylan, so that there'll be less sex." <laughs> so, wow, wow yeah, Autumn. yeah. I'll just, I'll just bring it tonight. And then the second thing, after I told her that uh, Kendrick Lamar opened, she said, "Jesus, what's next? Did he get high in the bathroom with Chance the Rapper?" <laughs> so please, so please tell me you have not gotten high in a bathroom with Chance the Rapper. No, I have not. But um, I was in an elevator with Ron Jeremy, which is not super cool. But it's, <laughs> it's a totally yeah. that's a different. It's a different situation to be in. <laughs> oh, uh, he didn't. The hedgehog himself, huh? He did he? Yeah. Did he do anything weird? No, he didn't do anything weird. It was like his security guard like tried super hard to like push me away because we were in a really crammed elevator. But mm. I was like, "Listen, hombre, like I can't move. <laughs> like push me as much as you want. There's a wall behind me. I ain't moving." <laughs> and Ron Jeremy was just like, he just didn't give a shit. He was like, "Whatever, man. My dick's huge." <laughs> Instead of pushing me in the corner, how about you push your uh, your security detail over there to eat a goddamn carrot every once in a while yeah, and drop a couple of LBs? <laughs> um, and a disgusting ass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, you can <laughs> Autumn tell. is still going. Did Ja Rule valet his car? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, my friend Steve, you know Steve. He um, yeah, I know his, Steve. His mom was in an air was in an airport once with. Um, fuck, I'm pretty sure it was, she was in an airport with LL Cool J, and was just like, oh, hey, they were just, like, sitting next to each other, and she was like, can I have a picture with you? Because, like, people sure. kept coming up to get pictures with him, uh, and he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, they're taking pictures, and she's just sitting there, and she's like, I don't know who this is, but can I get a picture with you? And he was like, yeah, sure thing. She took a picture with him, and then, um, she showed it to, uh, Steve's sister. She was like, that's LL Cool J! <laughs> Mom! <laughs> what the fuck? He gets nasty down in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and then we used to always just say, like, oh, remember that time that El Cool J tried to sleep with your mom? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's I think that's uh, it. I bought a, a forty dollar uh, skeleton T-shirt at the Kanye concert because I was like, yeah, I gotta have that. It says uh, Yeezus on the front, like in Metallica font, and then it's it's a skeleton on its knees, like praying. And it says God wants you on it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is some shit, man. I'm into it. This is some imagery, it sounds like bro. Somebody, uh, it sounds like somebody ripped off my Don't Give Up Skeleton design. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what I was going to re- do for Don't Reach Give Up Skeleton. Reach out to Kanye's people on that one. That's no problem. I know most of them. I know all the yays. Kanye, Donye, Dan oh, Ray. Of course, of course. There's this <laughs> SNL sketch. It's like a or it's um. Some Kardashian sketch that they're doing, like making fun of them, like Kendall and her huge house, and she keeps getting lost, or like whatever. And then the, the, at the end of the sketch, there's this brief thing, and it was like, oh, and at nine, check out our new show where, uh, where it's called Where's Kanye, and it just follows him around while he tries to like escape the camera on like keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> it's good stuff. I gotta try to find that. I'll send it to you. There's a uh, there's a scene in that that Kardashian show. It's literally the only like five minutes of that show that I've ever watched. It's because uh, Autumn brought it up on YouTube. Uh, and it's just Kanye like going into Kim's closet and being like, "All of this is whack. You got to let me buy you new clothes." <laughs> so cool, so fuck. That's like, I mean, like, I don't say this often, but fucking goals, man. Like, yeah. I want to go in yeah. Kim Kardashian's closet and be like, "All of this is whack. This has got to go." <laughs> oh, it was good shit. I just I wish I could remember more about that. I I know that there's a live video of it somewhere that would probably jog a few uh, memories. That was what 2013 now maybe yeah it was a while ago, but it was um it was one hell of a night. Um, he did some crazy shit. He did some like poetry. There was some like spoken word like robot voices coming over the loudspeaker. It was mm-hmm, in, in, mm-hmm. intense. I've heard it's uh that that particular concert is in the near canon. So like you have to watch that in order to understand what happens in near automata. Probably. <laughs> Currently just catching up with your Twitter, Jeremy, and I'm seeing that they used the uh backstab sound effect from Dark Souls in Stranger Things season 2. Well, I'll uh t- hey Duffer Brothers, um get real, okay? Just, you know, stay in your lane. Stay to your 80s movie lane bros okay duffer bros quit uh hawking on jeremy's territory because he owns the rights to dark souls now i hope you know that um it's legally <laughs> dark souls is legally his children and so knock it off all right i'm back you want to know something weird that's been happening so yeah, I, do. I, was complaining for, I was complaining for a while about how i was losing my hair and because you know my hairline's receding which is something, ha- you know, it happens. It's, it's thinning out in the front, whatever. I, it's just a reality I have to accept. But then recently, I've just noticed, like, right in the center, right in the center of my hairline, where I was most noticing it, that it was it was receding, suddenly there's an influx of new hair there. But it's Ooh. all just short silver hairs. And I look really fucking silly. Because, I mean, my hair is going gray, like, very fast. But it's mostly brown, so, like, if I brush my hair back, it's got this, like, brown, longer hair combed back, and then just these fucking porcupine gray hairs just shooting out that I can't control. Because they don't fall in line with the rest of my hair. What's going on with that, Jeremy? Um, you're getting older, and as you get older, <laughs> your body betrays you and falls apart in really weird and awkward and horrible ways. You know what's going to be worse? Mm-hmm. Is when uh, you wake up one day, and, like, mm-hmm. you have gray hairs... Growing out of your ears, dude. I already have hairs growing out of my ears, and like, what the fuck is happening to me? It's it's your body, and it's a betrayal, and it's really bad. I'm like hair, what are you doing in there? I don't need you right now. I do feel betrayed. 
Let's talk about some honks, bro. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. do it. Let's get into it. I'm almost out of water, so I just put it really far away from me so that I won't drink it till later. It's literally <laughs> what I just did because I drank all of my water while we were talking in the outtakes. So if you want to go get it. yourself some water, go, no, go do it's it okay. Now. It's it's far. <laughs> look, look. I don't know if you know this, but we're about to get thirsty on some goths. So, oh, like. Starting off, what's up, guys? Huge goth here. Ready to talk Huge about some supernatural. <laughs> I'm goth, goth Jeremy. Goth gamer here. <laughs> Goth.gamer. Goth underscore gamer. What's up? Love video games. Hate my life. Homework sucks. <laughs> oh, there is totally a goth gamer YouTube channel, Chris. Nice. Dude, I, I actually just was followed by somebody who was like... On Instagram, their, their bio is like says their name, and then it's like, um, love love FIFA, hate homework, um, love Call of Duty, hate going to school. Just like every like every other thing was just like, what's up, guys? Huge gamer here. I hate going to school. I love FIFA. I love Call of Duty. I hate homework, and those are the things that define me. FIFA seems the like anti goth. Like I don't know that yeah, you can FIFA's, be like no for sure you real can't goth. Be. I don't think you can be true goth and also into the footy. Like no. I don't think those things are compatible. No, 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 no. Check this out, by the way, goth gamer that I found. It's just there, you know, because footy's for jocks and preps. Oh wow! Oh wow! It's GTA Five funny moments. GTA Five, GTA Five fun. Like, come on, none of that stuff is goth. You no wonder you have five subscribers. Your brand is all wrong. I don't know. I found there's there's several goth gamers, by the way. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna post a link to this because this dude has this like profile picture in his um like YouTube pic or whatever. Uh, but it's not great, Chris. I'll, I just I'm, searched I'm goth underscore gamer. Let's see. I'm goth link guy just long makeup tutorial. Yeah, hit me up. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. like stuff. Don't judge. I'm not good at being a so, YouTuber. So let me ask you a question. This is we're gonna actually. You know what? I'm gonna save this for the episode. I don't. I don't want to burn cast. This guy's twelve. What's he doing on YouTube? What's he doing with blue hair? He doesn't have any content. Goth gamer, you got sixty one subscribers. Should we just? Should we do it? Should we start? No, hold on, because uh, I found another goth gamer here, oh, man. and it's and it's Gabs. Oh, um, Showed us how she's going to decorate her her room for her 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 party she's having <sighs> for all the goths. What is BTS? Behind the scenes, I'm guessing. Oh, Gabs! Thirteenth birthday. Whoa, this this sped up montage. Oh, you clicked ahead. I'm not there yet. I definitely won't see the sped up montage. Skip to a minute 45 because there's a mean guitar lick you're about to get nailed with. Oh, man. 56, 56 seconds. She gets like, she goes, she gets, but she talks about getting screwed up last night. What? <laughs> oh, wow. Is this Ingve Malmsteen? Maybe some Steve Ray Vaughn? I feel like we gotta get out of here. This is dangerous territory. <laughs> oh wait, tell me you're into some progressive guitar shit. Like we could probably go to town with that. <laughs> you want to record for another 85 minutes? Yeah, I'm into that. I gotta go some to bed, Jeremy. I don't oh actually have to go to bed. 
You don't have kidding. to go to bed. You only get five hours of sleep a night. That's, that's why you're, true, That's man. why you're a sad boy. I stay up too late, and then I wake up too early, and I'm like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> it explains a lot about how you play more video games than I do, though. Mm-hmm. See, I'll play like I'm. I'll play video games till till too late, and then be like, well, I still got to read before I go to bed. So let me just let me just read for a while. Got to read that manga. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, um, it's mm-hmm. manga. <laughs> you're, very, you're very goth right now, Chris. Give me a pit of I look like a picnic table. A bummed out picnic table. <laughs> yeah, nice gingham anime, anime boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's, let's do a podcast together. Let's do it, bruh. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Chris, and I love honks. I am killing this podcast game, as Kanye would say. Yeah, if he had for a podcast. sure. <laughs> what would Kanye's podcast name be? It would be called Kanye West. <laughs> I just look it up on iTunes, or it would just be called. It would just be called the podcast because he's just taking ownership of it. I've I've never ever in my life I don't think like dressed up to this extent to get laid like that's not to say like I've I've always been some sort of like I almost said cuvassier with women that's not the word I'm looking for what what is the word that you that a con, not connoisseur uh, what is the the c word nope that doesn't work either I'm t- I'm staying away from anything that you're talking about oh right my now God what is the what is like the dude that's like the like the 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 guy that wins over all the women but uh, I mean I wouldn't know anything about that so. Any, oh, what the fuck is this is going to bug the shit yeah, out of Really, what is it, though? Let's just take a second. We're going to edit this out, so let's figure it out. <laughs> a, uh, not a connoisseur. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, it's on the, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, they're not a ladies' man. They're what? They're... Uh, um, uh, uh, not a Cassandra. Oh, it's so close. It's so close. It's a dude. Casanova. Thing. A Casanova. Casanova. Yeah. Whew, we made it. Um, we made it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't remember why we're always bringing up the word Casanova. Um, I think that Samuel accuses Sam of this is why you wanted Dean on the inside. Like you wanted to find out more about this alpha and you're, you know, you'll do anything for it. You don't care. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> Did you get that Twitter notification too? <laughs> Caitlin, you got to stop saying that your 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 famine death is going to be drowning in pussy. Okay, you can't just say that in the middle of us recording because it goes directly to my phone, and I was distracted by it. And I'm going to leave all of this in the podcast, Caitlin. I'm holding my phone, looking at my notes, and I see that. So just try and talk through it. My phone is just on the charger next to my laptop, and it just pops up. And it's like my famine death would be drowning in pussy. Like, thank you, Caitlin. We appreciate that. Autumn died at your uh, album or your episode art yesterday. Last okay. night. Right. I died when she when she commented on Jess's thing. It's just huge if true. <laughs> <laughs> That's become kind of a running thing with me and Autumn. I lately, always want to say it and I never use it, but it always makes me laugh every time I hear something like it's just you two who, who say it and it makes me laugh every time. Just like the in parentheses, the huge if true. Like it's I can't express why it just like tickles my funny bone in the way that it does, but it, there's just something about it. Carry on my wayward son. I'm Jeremy Goth. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Goth. 
<laughs> and this is can't do that. And these are this is Goths of the this Week. Goth of the Week. <laughs> a creepy but necessary podcast about hanging out in cemeteries and listening to Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> and dyeing your hair weird colors. Um <clears throat> Do Goths still smoke, you think? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely they do. I don't know like, if it's anything? goth to smoke anymore. They probably have Any, some other uh, shit they're into. There's like, probably like, are there vegan goths now? Like, you think that's gone like fully the other side? I think probably it, yeah. so. I know that there's like health goth. That's like a thing where like goths who work out. Like that's the literally the antithesis of being goth. Yeah, I've I've seen health goth before. I mean, here I am in my American Eagle plaid shirt telling others what goth is. <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my favorite. I follow this one like weird anime dude on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I don't you, know why. It's me. You could say local bones. <laughs> But uh, his his little uh, Twitter description thing, I'm going to send you a link to it, but then I'm also going to read it. Um, it says, uh, I need a goth bitch that can sex me through the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love that so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ASMRJ. It's Thanksgiving Eve, and I'm in the Discord private podcasting recording room waiting for my co-host, Chris Mosier, a.k.a. Local Bones, a.k.a. Sword Boy, to show up. And while I'm waiting, I wanted to give you guys a little, a little tingle, a little whisper, a little... Hey, how you doing? Let you know how ASMRJ has been going. The channel lately has gotten extremely large. We went from five to seven followers in three weeks. In the grand scheme of things, that probably doesn't sound like a whole lot to you, but to me, ASMRJ, that's a significant percentage improvement. And I checked, and this time it wasn't just one of my mom's alternate accounts. You know, listeners, subscribers, I've looked at the competition out there, and I've noticed it's just it's just full of gimmicks. What's the point of describing how you're going to surgically remove someone's organs if you can't just have a little fun with it? Like, what is that? What is that even doing for an ASMR channel? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? What are you even accomplishing with your life? I don't understand. But they seem to be doing it just for the views, for the listens, for the downloads, for the likes and the subscribes and the smashes. I just want to tell you right here, ASMR J, ASMR me, isn't going to do that kind of stuff on this channel. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real fucking honest. I want to make sure that everything that you're listening to is 100% approved, created by, and not bought by me. I feel like my sentence structure got a little confusing there. So, you know what, listeners? Maybe I will do a gimmick. Maybe we'll do a little ASMR sentence diagramming. You know what I'm saying? Tell you what, listeners, in the comments below, after you smash that like button and you smash that subscribe button, leave me a little message. Give me a sentence. In my next video, I'll diagram it for you. 
I'll whisper out those subjects and those verbs, those objects, those adjectives, those adverbs. I'll make sure all of them are right there for you. What do you say, listeners? Listeners, do you think Chris will ever show up? Do you think Chris will ever be here for us again? I'm beginning to doubt it. I'm beginning to doubt my own capability of keeping up this ASMRJ channel by myself. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can I can live in this corporate ASMR eat ASMR world. This ASMR for ASMR world that we live in now. I can't even upload a video on my fucking channel without YouTube demonetizing that motherfucker before it even finishes uploading. What is that? What does that mean? How do they even know what's in that video that is not appropriate for advertisers? I mean, I would agree. It's probably not appropriate for appetizers. I get so angry. I confuse the words appetizers for advertisers, listeners. I'm so sorry. This is why I need you to hit that smash, like, and subscribe button.